Three, two, one. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Critical. Uh, today I'm on a podcast uh, called Sardonicast, and uh, who do we who do we have here? I'm Charlie. That was actually uh, really good, Adam. That sounds that right. That? right. <laughs> I thought he was actually introing it. Uh, yeah, I thought Charlie. I'm like, did you guys talk this out beforehand? Um, yeah, we planned it. It was choreographed. <laughs> Wait, which one of you was talking? Is that Adam or Charlie? Uh, Great. It's now you'll never know. Oh shit. <laughs> Alex, you can introduce yourself first. Um, I'm Alex. I hit everything. <laughs> nice. I'm Ralph from Ralph the Movie Maker. I have to say my my uh YouTube channel name like the link which is youtube.com slash mm, last time i didn't name. say it and people got confused no people uh, got confused last time because i didn't say it so i'm just gonna say it every time from now on yeah sorry about well yeah that. you anyway, started the trend like episode 10 is not the the correct time to start changing shit like that i just did people are used to it, it now whatever okay who's with <laughs> us I'm, I'm adam from your movie sucks who else is here I mean, I guess he introduced um, himself first, but introduce yourself again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I kicked off the episode, but my name's Charlie. I, I make shit on the internet. Nice. Big fan, by the way. Well, oh, I appreciate that, Ralph. You got some, you got some uh, good stuff, some great stuff. I would say it's uh, fairly high on the moist meter if I were to have a moist meter mm. myself. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm honored. I'm, uh, I'm actually curious. Uh, at what point and uh, why did you start the moist meter series? Because that is the... Uh, I guess kind of like film review portion of uh, your videos, and and you haven't always been doing that, if I remember correctly. That's like a recent, yeah. a more recent thing. Yeah, I started that about a year ago. I I don't consider myself a critic in any regard. I don't mm -hmm. really have the eye for like the more finer details like you you fine gentlemen do. For me, I go to a movie or video game. I do games and movies, and what I'm looking for is just above all else, was it entertaining? Did I walk away feeling like I spent my time well? Uh, mm -hmm. So I look for things like, did the story make sense? Did it need to? Fucking great. All right. It didn't. Well, that movie sucked dick. And here's mm -hmm. why. It's just above all else, it's like a layman's experience at a movie. I don't really pay too much attention to like filming techniques and stuff. If it's there and I can notice it and it's cool, I'll definitely make that a positive thing. But if it's just like standardly shot, nothing too extravagant. I'm not going to like take points off or anything. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any reason to kind of devalue your perspective just because you don't consider yourself to be watching out for as many things or noticing that many things because mm -hmm. at the end of the day I mean like if you connect with an audience that has the same taste as you they can always use you as kind of a litmus test as to whether or not they'll enjoy a film you know like everybody mm -hmm. has different tastes and uh, some people's tastes align with uh, others more than other people so yeah, usually mine's more like a frat douchebag's view on movies. Mm. <laughs> well, that is a demographic, so it's an important one to tap into. What is uh, what is your favorite movie of all time, or recently? I don't know, both. Both, yeah. I'm just kind of okay, interested in uh, what you really enjoy. I've seen a few of your moist meter things, but I don't know if there's one that you particularly praise. Yeah, um, so for an all-time favorite, it's The Mummy with Brendan Fraser, and the mm. close runner-up is The Mummy Returns. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh -huh. Did you see the new one with Tom Cruise? Yeah, that was that was fucking yeah. abominable. Oh, okay. Mm. I was going to say, that was, was hold up <laughs> compared to the Brendan Fraser ones. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that was rough. That was really, really bad. Would it be salvageable for you if it had a Brendan Fraser cameo? 
It'd be salvageable, but I mean, man, Universal tried to, like, ham-fist all types of, like, dark universe tie-in things that just didn't work. They may as well just have, oh, like, yeah. Legos or something. It was great. <laughs> it was pretty hilarious. I enjoyed oh, that. Oh, it was fucking rough, man. Mm-hmm. I don't think, like, I don't think the Mummy movies are masterpieces or, like, 100% 10 out of 10s, but they're just some of the most fun movies I've ever seen. They accomplish what they set out to do, and I just love Brendan Fraser. If you're listening, Brendan Fraser, I fucking love you, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's sweet. I'm I'm well aware that you love Fuck Brendan Fraser. Second second part of that question is for my favorite of the year. It goes to Upgrade. Ooh! Oh, uh, I want to see oh, that. Yeah. Interesting. Was, uh, well, obviously you like it, but <laughs> talk about it a little bit because I'm curious. It's a very grindhousey, like a classic grindhouse type movie, and you just don't yeah. see that shit get made anymore. So when I got to see that at a theater, it was just a really fun experience, and I think it's done so so very well. Mm-hmm. All the all the performances, for the most part, mm-hmm. really great. And I really like just the whole concept of this, like, nano-machined, badass karate guy just brutalizing men. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I watched that recently. I had to, uh, I did a road trip to the States to see it because I wasn't playing in Canada. Um, <laughs> I saw a few other things, too, like uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey in 70mm, and I also saw Gotti. Mm, nice. There just happened to be a, oh, a few things at once. Yeah, yeah, a few what? things at once that if I took a day and went to Seattle, I could I could check out. So it justified the trip for me. And um, yeah, upgrade. I really enjoyed. I uh, I do have quite a few issues with it, but I I would definitely recommend it overall. Um, there's a lot of shit that does not make sense, but for what it's trying to do, does it succeed in just making like a, a good, violent, fun movie? Yes and no. Okay. It drags. It it drags a little bit. It drags a little bit. It doesn't really start getting enjoyable, in my opinion, until like half an hour through the movie. Um, oh, that's not good. Well, from my <laughs> perspective, but it's very enjoyable yeah. once it does get to that point. There's yeah. some very satisfying action scenes. Very cool um, usage of of camera work, I guess, and I I, I can't even tell, but I, I I think some of it was done kind of in post, like they they did post stabilization, but not in a way where it's trying to hide it, but in a way that it's trying to um, move the camera along with the actor's head in a way where while he's running, it was very strange. There were a lot of really strange, really interestingly executed shots in the movie. However when it wasn't doing something like flashy and showy it didn't look that great like it it had lighting and framing issues during like the dialogue scenes but then the action scenes were like really cool i enjoyed it overall do they not have 2001 screening in canada um they had a listing for a screening in vancouver at a theater that I've already seen. I, I watched the um, Hateful Eight special screening. Oh, so this there. is like the film. This is like that film. The theater one show, theater like... in Vancouver where they actually have a film projector, and the screen okay. isn't big, and it almost kind of just defeats the purpose, you know, <laughs> if you can yeah. barely even fucking tell. And so, I mean, that that also wouldn't be screening until July anyway. So I was like, ah, fuck it. I want to see 2001 now, and I'll see it in a better theater. So I felt like it mm-hmm. justified it. Was... it. I saw it in a theater recently. It was epic. A nice theater, too. Critical, have you seen 2001? Because I'm just curious. His name is Charlie. <laughs> What's your problem? Ch- Charlie, I'm sorry. Why are you Charlie, trying to dehumanize have you seen 2001? our guest, Ralph? Penguin Zero, what did you think of 2001? 
Well, Mr. Movie Maker, I actually really enjoyed 2001. I didn't see it in the theater or anything. I bought it, um, I'd say about like eight or nine years ago. I just bought like a DVD of it and I watched it and I really enjoyed it. Okay. I don't think it, uh, from my perspective, I don't think it like holds up as this like super masterpiece, but it's still a super enjoyable movie and I can see how it would have such a huge impact. Mm-hmm. But it, mm-hmm. for me, it wasn't like this, you know, erection inspiring experience that had me just cleaning my <laughs> jeans from start yeah. to finish. Mm. But you understand why other people cream in their oh, jeans. I, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I totally get it. Cool. Alex, did you see... Well, I, I think we've discussed 2001 before. Probably. Whatever. Yeah, I didn't I, like I, it the first time I saw it, but then loved it the second yeah, time I saw it. That's how mm. I felt. That's why I was curious if Critical saw it like once before and was like, that was a piece of shit, because that's what I thought. <laughs> how many times have you seen it, Charlie? Oh, I've only seen it once. I saw it the one time. Oh, so maybe, maybe on the second viewing, I'd be just splooching on the walls. But as for the first viewing, mm-hmm. it was just more of a tame. This was an enjoyable experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, there was there was stuff I liked about it the first time, like the Hal stuff, the uh, you mm-hmm. know everything on the ship. I liked that stuff, but the rest of it I thought was boring, and I didn't understand why the fuck it was, you know, doing the trippy shit at the end. But then, like, the, the you keep coming back to it, and you find these new things that are so interesting about it, and you, you talk to people, and they have their own interpretation of it, and you go back to the movie again. And I think I've seen it, like, seven times now. Yeah. So, I, I, I've kind of fallen in love with it. It is a film that provokes discussion, for sure. It is, like and people it. just still sit in awe of it after fucking 50 years, yeah. which is an, an achievement in and of itself. It has better special effects than many films today honestly yeah it does like, it yeah. still holds up in that department for sure mm-hmm. like some of the color matching is a little off on some of the effects like the background is blue oh yeah i mean they're orange. not flawless but like effects, but like but... the models are fucking incredible and in yeah that. there's some shots with like the like spinning station the one that looks like kind of like two frisbees or whatever like that's mm-hmm. that looks amazing to me i don't know yeah. like just the way that the the lighting was incorporated like there's so yeah. many details it, it looks to how perfect. they did the effects the in that movie. The thing is, when you see it in 70 millimeter and like huge on a screen like that, you see like little details. Like you, they actually superimposed people into the windows on the ships, and it's really yeah. tiny, and you could barely yeah. see it. But you can oh, see wow. it in 70 millimeter, and you're like, holy yeah, shit! How did they even do that? It was they just so, like jiggled it was a around a little. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. I mean, they didn't have it perfect, but it's like, I got to commend them for, you know, going that far to get that amount of detail. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it'll be released on 4K Blu-ray, I think, by Can't the end wait. of the year. Oh, nice. I'm yeah. about to ask about that. I'm fucking stoked. Are you, uh, are you into, like, uh, the 4K shit, Charlie? <laughs> no, I can't say I am. I, I'd watch it on a goddamn Game Boy if I had to. I, don't <laughs> I found out the other day the that way. they actually had video for like game boy advance they had like shrek on the game boy advance and you could just watch it oh yeah yeah uh, yeah I remember and it that. looks like shit oh yeah it was it's what is, not even 240p it's like less <laughs> what's that one 144 yeah, yeah 144 that's bottom of the barrel yeah i like had p movies as well Do you remember those oh yeah those yeah. <laughs> that was slightly better that was 240 yeah those were a little better i, I guess it was like umds yeah. I, I had like a car TV. Do you remember those where t- TVs were in cars? Oh, yeah, yeah. We had phones. And the TV was just a GameCube. Uh, not a GameCube, a Game Boy. Like you could put Game Boy cartridges into it. And they had the, the Shrek movie. So that's how I watched movies or whatever with that thing. Mm. And yeah, it looked like fucking shit. But <laughs> I, mean, I guess it was better than nothing. 
we just stuck like a tiny ass TV with a built-in VHS player in the back of uh, of the vehicle when my parents would be on like road trips or whatever. My brother and myself oh. in the back, and uh, mm-hmm. I I vividly remember watching uh, Deep Blue Sea, and just as soon as we pick up, my grandmother gets right into the car, middle seat. And that's exactly when the shark eats Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just remember her face like <laughs> the best oh. scene in the movie. Yeah, I've, that's I've the only, only reason anybody scene. remembers that movie. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> nobody would fucking talk about that movie. That would be literally just uh-huh. any other movie. But that that uh, what is it called? The uh, subversion of expectations mm-hmm. of that scene was was just amazing. That film terrified me when I was a kid. Oh, really? We were talking earlier about how just I'm so easy to scare when it comes to movies like that. And I, I would go swimming a lot when I was younger. And I the reason I could swim so fast because I'd always imagine <laughs> sharks underneath me. Oh, yeah. That would Same, be man. Yeah. Yeah. Cool sharks, them. man. The last guy out's fucked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just have to swim faster than the other people in the pool. That's right. <laughs> However, sharks are attracted to movement. So swimming fast actually might make you the target. Whereas if yeah, but I was just floating, no, you were a dumb kid. I was too scared. Mm-hmm. You don't know. You don't know nothing. Yeah, I don't know nothing. This is true. Did Sharknado scare you? Pool's small enough where you could probably beat it to the edge. I mean, mm. if you're just like floating in the middle of the pool when you're like two steps away from just getting out, I think it'd probably be better just to climb out. Yeah, I don't think sharks are a problem in pools, though. Really. Yeah. Now a hot tub shark, on the other hand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we yeah we don't talk about hot tub sharks. Mm. They're only in certain areas of the U.S. Very dangerous. Really? I haven't encountered one. What are you, what are you talking about the U.S. Well, for? Like as soon as you encounter I've never one, encountered you're screwed one. because it's in a hot tub and there's not that much space to swim. It's already bitten you by the time that you know that it's there. You'd think you'd notice it beforehand, though. Well, right. It's under the <laughs> it's under the surface of the water and the water's bubbly because it's a hot tub and the jets are on. That's why it's All more right, dangerous. But you th- I think you could see a giant ass shark in the fucking hot tub. No, they're under the surface. Adam, you can't there see was, it underneath. I, I don't the know why I'm arguing this lo- logically, as if there would ever even be a hot tub shark. But I don't well, think you'll I see. think you'd see it before. You'll all see. Okay, <laughs> one day. Mark my words. When I'm in the U.S., fucking in a hot tub, and yeah. a shark comes out, I'll go. Damn, Adam was right. I'll invite you to a hot I tub die. party. Oh, okay, <laughs> but that's Canada. See, that's different. You said there was a it was a big problem in the U.S. Well, I'll go to the See, States. This is what we do. We argue about shit that doesn't matter at all. Sorry, Charlie. Well, it matters <laughs> to the one guy that's gonna get fucked by the hot tub shark. Yeah, uh-huh. sharks I matter. Guess so. yeah. mm-hmm. You're right. It was very insensitive of me. Can I um? Can I ask why your channel is named Penguin Zero? Here we go. <laughs> It's just because I made it when I was, uh, I think it was 11 at the time when I oh, made it, and I didn't, re- I didn't really have any, well, it's my third channel, I had two before it, one of them was called Football Playa, like, 44 nice. I've never, I've never played football, but I used to re-upload videos from a softcore porn site onto that channel, and it got banned. <laughs> oh, man. And, uh, I, I wanted to keep making things, so then I made another one, and I can't remember what it was called, but I used to re-upload Cartoon Network shows on it, and it got banned, and nice. then... I eventually made Penguin Zero, which was for uploading unsigned rappers, uh, mu- not music videos, but just music with Windows mm. Movie Maker music videos I'd make. And uh, I just called it Penguin Zero because all I could think of was, I like penguins. Oh, penguins is taken? How about penguins with a Z? Oh, it's taken? I'll put a zero. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> wow. 
Man, that's the story. I'm trying to imagine mm-hmm. the timeline where uh, Football Playa 448 was your <laughs> ch- channel that made it. Yeah, that could have been the one. Yeah, you'd get <laughs> harassed about not playing football all the time. Yeah, I, it really was just re-uploads. The biggest upload I had on that one was, I don't, got, I don't know if you guys remember this one, but there was a viral video where some guy got hit in the head with a paintball, and I was the one who broke that on YouTube because oh, I re-uploaded shit. it from where it got popular. Nice. Oh. Nice. Yeah. Gotta love so you got re-uploading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Best content there is, baby. Hell yeah. <laughs> Find Instagram. a good YouTube video yeah. you like, post it on Twitter. Uncredited. It's yours Hell yeah. now. Retweets. I just pretend it's yours. That's what people on Facebook do. I made That's this. That's right. Man, I got approached by, by one of those like Facebook meme pages. I forget what it, what it was, but like all their content is just like reposts from Reddit. And they were like, yeah, what, uh, sign this contract and we'll... Uh, use your videos on our page and credit you and everything and they gave examples they're like yeah here's some examples of other people we've worked with and i clicked on them and they didn't credit them and i was like what are you trying to work with me and <laughs> and you're not even showing a good example yeah, they were just i don't even that, know yeah. how you'd use my content my <laughs> yeah content, exactly like, they don't like i have maybe a few meme-ish videos you know i make like a funny edit or whatever and just 30 second video i make a few of those every once in a while but like generally my content is not the type that uh, people would uh, publish on meme pages, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because it's good and it, it's long and you actually put work into it. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. That's not... That's yeah. what she said. That's... Okay. <laughs> I mean, you got me there. Gotcha. Yeah, it is um, It is a bit of a benefit making content where I don't have to put a watermark on every single one of my videos, like Dolan Dark, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? Those types of videos, people just jump on, trying to re-upload everywhere. It's a little unfortunate. Animation suffers from it the most. I oh, think. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah, that sucks. Animation's not a viable thing to do on YouTube, especially if you want to make money. It's just so much, so much work. And a couple then, people have done it, but yeah, a couple yeah. people have done it. But even they haven't done it for long, right? Like they usually go a few years, and then they're like, "I've had it with this shit," and they usually just get work in the industry. Or it just turns into, like, doing a Jacksepticeye animated kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's just on big channels. Well, yeah, that's like that's like musicians doing cover songs and then, yeah, you know, on their YouTube channel being like, oh, I also post my own mu- original music, but, like, the only things that actually get views are, like, the Lady Gaga covers, you know? But, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, YouTube used to be a uh, pretty healthy place for animation at one point, like early YouTube. That's why yeah, Newgrounds like thing. died, pretty much. Well, I guess it's still alive, but Newgrounds lost all of its audience because people just started posting to YouTube. And then when YouTube mm-hmm. became the only place where it made sense to post, they changed their algorithms, and then animations just couldn't thrive anymore. And now it's at the point where it's like, yeah, there's some animation channels that I really like that uh, are doing well, but they seem to be restricted to just kind of like story time animation style yeah whereas you see a lot less of like parody animation which i really miss Mm -hmm. yeah me too and youtube doesn't encourage it or promote it at all they just promote whatever the fucking promote what they can make the most money on yeah yeah, they just promote the most money on people like family feud clips and and (laughs) shit like that god I'm actually curious what you guys think of this, though. Uh, I was reading the other day, they're thinking about doing, I don't, know, I don't know how much you keep up with YouTube streaming, but they have something called sponsoring, which is like a Twitch sub, 
mm-hmm. they were thinking yep. about making that a site-wide thing that isn't exclusive to just streaming. So someone that, let's say, wants to support an animator would click sponsor and it's $4 a month. And then they don't have to rely on like the watch time algorithm. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I, I'm just wondering what that does that Patreon doesn't do. I mean, if it helps encourage people to do it and it's just like one less step because it's like oh it's already connected to my google account and i already pay for these apps on this same bill then it makes sense but i don't know from my understanding it just seems like youtube understands the patreon market exists and was too late to actually do anything about it kind of like how they were with google plus like oh hey Mm -hmm. there's a market that we want to tap into but they're just super fucking late yeah i was actually thinking it's more than going against twitch because youtube streaming is it's not even like a piece of gum on the shoe of Twitch right now. <laughs> yeah. So by having sponsoring be site-wide, so it's, you know, channels instead of just streaming, it'd be able to tap into that market because then you'd support the creators that way. Mm-hmm. And it incentivize you to check out their streams to, you know, flex the emotes and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Each platform has their strengths and weaknesses, that's for sure. And YouTube tries to yeah, attack each and every one of them systematically. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. It would be nice to have like another way to kind of monetize in a more predictable way because you know adsense is so unreliable unpredictable fluctuates so much at this point especially now with like just random videos getting demonetized yeah subscriptions like that could actually be a real game changer especially for like channels around a hundred thousand subs like that kind Mm -hmm. of size it could really like change the game for them and actually make some people able to do it full-time that kind of thing yeah i thought it was nothing but a positive idea that they had and another thing they were throwing on the back of that is like youtube red being the equivalent to a twitch prime sub which i thought made a lot of sense as well man for people that use youtube red uh i was gonna say no one's using youtube red for the youtube red exclusive content so that is a good that is a good reason to they're not doing a good job as a netflix competitor that's for sure however yeah definitely i would love to use youtube red to just not have ads and know that me watching people that that i support is actually doing something and i don't have to have ads at the same time and they get a little bit more money my issue with that is that despite youtube red being a thing for what three three years now they still don't mm-hmm. have it in canada mm-hmm. i ca- i cannot purchase I really red. i don't think it's in the uk yeah like what is are they it only doing? in america it's, it's literally just one of those things where people are like hey can i please give you money so i can use this service yeah. and they're like eh. like why i don't understand why if you're not showing us ads anyway, then what about it has to be geographical? I'm making money from other people using YouTube Red and watching my videos. Why can't I use YouTube Red? What the fuck, Susan? What the hell? I'd happily pay for it if I could. Is it something about transferring the different currencies? Like, is that trouble for I them? I fucking or is that, is doubt there it. some legal trouble? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I'm just trying to think everybody. of what like reason they always it could do be. with every product that goes to another country, you know? Yeah, I don't know. That is weird. They're not going to just not sell, like, Google Pixel phones in Canada. It's like, oh, we don't know how to change the currencies. Like, they figured out everything else. I don't know why YouTube Red is just exclusive to America. It pisses me off. Everything they do is one step forward, two steps back. I swear. (laughs) Well, there's, like, no way to reasonably get in contact with them, you know? No. They don't have any... Levels of support for people with actual good ideas, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, because it's, it's just very hard for them to keep track and support everybody because there's so much stuff being uploaded all the time. I get it. 
You know, like I think YouTube tries, but I think they're just a little slow, both both literally and mentally. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is they don't know how to communicate what they're doing. Like a yeah. lot of their changes yep. are pretty like benign, but they come out in a way that it's like, oh fuck, it's Skynet again. Now they're coming to take my <laughs> V bucks from Fortnite or something. Yeah. And they need to be able to communicate it better. Like the subscription thing that they proposed, I think is actually an overall decent idea. Because if you're subscribed to some creators that are constantly uploading like hourly, that's always going to be pushed to the top and it'll overshadow someone like, let's say, Alex uploads something. They'd never see it because they're overwhelmed with all of the mm -hmm. hourly uploaders. But with the subscription change, Alex's would go towards the top. It makes sense. But the way they proposed it made it seem like we're going to hide things we don't want you to see. So it's just fucking dumb. They need to learn yeah. to communicate. Mm -hmm. Totally yep. agree. They, they do a really do shit a job lot at that. Wrong. Every change they make just seems like it's for the worse, you know? A lot yeah. of them, at least. It's always just like, what is YouTube doing now? Every few months, mm -hmm. there's something new. I've kind of gotten used to it at this point. If only we had yes, reasonable I'm... competition. You know who I think could do it, though? Hey. Amazon. Fidby? No. Oh, Amazon. <laughs> Amazon. Uh, Vidme was such, Vidme, a, that, that such a nice out. idea. <laughs> but, like, they had no God. fucking clue what they were doing. Man. Oh, rest in well, peace. They they couldn't get the advertisers. That's the thing. YouTube's well, they got didn't, all the advertisers. Mm -hmm. they, they, they had such a nonsensical business model. It was like they, was didn't, there... they didn't even really try to get advertisers. They were like, okay, you can just tip people on their videos, just assuming that like everybody there would be tipping a lot of money for their creators, you know? Yeah, but it was like per video, right? The yeah. tips. And mm -hmm. like all the content there was on YouTube anyway. Yeah, like who's going to make content for that when it's so unpredictable how many tips you're going to get? Mm -hmm. Well, fun fact, Ralph, uh, towards the, the end there, like the death throes of VidMe, they had a real problem with people uploading suicides and they didn't know how to combat it. <laughs> mm, what? Really? I yeah. didn't know this. No, I knew that because Holy I, shit. Uh, I go and watch people die and I remember seeing a few <laughs> VidMe links. Yep. Yeah. That used to be the go-to for suicides if you wanted to watch. And I don't know how many people were tipping the suicide videos, but it really wasn't sustainable and VidMe crumbled. Mm. Oh, my God. So VidMe was becoming more like LiveLeak or something than, <laughs> than a YouTube yeah. competitor. That's awesome. Well, it was worth a shot, VidMe. Yeah. They, just, they tried. They didn't they get, have yeah, you points a sustainable trying. business model. They sent no. me nice socks and a shirt. <laughs> oh, they did? Yeah, they did. You could probably sell that for really? a lot later on. It's a collector's item now. Well, if you ever commit suicide or something, put those oh, on. Oh, yeah. If, if I ever make a <laughs> suicide a video, I got to wear the VidMe yeah. shirt and socks. So I got to make sure my feet are in frame while I do this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> my shoes will come flying off and it'll reveal the VidMe socks. And people will know I'm dead because my shoes are off. Yeah. People know you're dead because you have Vidme clothes on. Oh, I was dead already. <laughs> I was dead Hang on yourself, arrival. Like, put the camera on the floor, and there's a chair, right? And then kick the chair, and it'll just be your dangling feet with the Vidme socks. Mm. And people go, oh, that's, that's, that's cool. Also, uh, <laughs> trigger warning. Suicide. Sorry, uh, everybody. Trigger warning, whatever. I apologize. Yeah, like um, 13 Reasons Why. We got to put a trigger warning at the begin beginning of everything. Do they? <laughs> I didn't watch season yeah. two. I just watched that clip where they talked about 2001 A Space Odyssey and got really annoyed. Which is fucking awesome. Oh, my I God. I that clip. So bad. <laughs> At least you could say pretentious to pretentious people that it was boring. I'm like, all right, 2001 <laughs> is one of the best fucking, most influential movies ever. 
I mean, I mean reasons why. everybody's allowed to have an opinion, but it just they weren't accurately sure. describing the film in any way. Like they didn't, they weren't even no. trying. It's like they to... didn't even watch it. Yeah, like it's really weird. They were showing the opening, like the opening credits, because there's this scene where the guy is watching 2001 in the theater and he's bored. And they're showing like the opening credits, and the kid's already bored. <laughs> yeah, it's and like his his gummies are. It's like this isn't even you're you're thirty seconds into the movie, you're bored already. Kids these days. Yeah, kids these days, dude, always on their phones. Anyway, if you don't mind, yeah, sure. I, I wanted to talk about a movie with Critical because okay. Let's go. Uh, The Incredibles two. You his gave it Charlie, a ninety the on the moist screen, Charlie. God, <laughs> dude, I'm so used to calling him Critical because I always talk about him with friends. All right, man. Charlie, Charlie. Um, you gave uh, Incredibles two a ninety on the moist meter, mm-hmm. and and I respect that because again, it's it's your opinion. But I saw it; I did not really like it at all, and really? I am a fan of the original, like you are. What did you so give I was it? Hoping uh, on the moist meter, I'd give it like a like a twenty or a thirty. Really? <laughs> Why that low? I thought you Ooh. tweeted yeah, saying I, I it really... was like a five out of ten or something. Like I thought you rated it like two out of. Well, it was like a, a two out of five, which two is like five. it's okay, not so terrible, but I wouldn't meter. recommend it. Right, so it's like I wouldn't recommend it really. I, okay. So I was hoping we could discuss a bit. Well, what annoyed <laughs> you about it? It's it's not terrible, right? There's some mm. things that, like Charlie said, like the animation's good, but the animation's always good in Pixar, so I'm not even that impressed with it. I thought some of the choreography was fun. Um, I like that they focused on uh, Elastigirl and Violet more because the last movie was mainly about Dash and Mr. Incredible. But like aside from that, I thought it was just worthless and kind of a cash grab and mm-hmm. i didn't really see I, there wasn't really a reason for it to exist money you know so train spotting two yeah train spotting two exactly i still haven't seen that i've never felt like to. i want to yeah, yeah that's it if it had great reviews i'd yeah. be rushing to see it but brad bird said um he wouldn't do incredibles 2 unless he had like a really good idea for it you know and it's like i've been waiting 14 years so let's see what he came up with. It's probably really cool. And it's like, mm-hmm. this is what you came up with? I, I mean, that's know. obviously bullshit. Like, he's yeah. just been busy until if now. If he yeah. goes back on his word on that statement, he would never say that. He would never be like, oh, yeah, yeah I caved in. I'm just doing this for a cash grab. Like, obviously, he would never mm-hmm. say that. <laughs> yeah. They, but people use that as an excuse that it isn't a cash grab. And to me, it the movie screams lazy cash grab. Really? That was one of the things that I said as well. Well, not exactly cash grab, not in those words, yeah. but it's not exactly a movie that has a huge impact, right? Like, not the first one. The first one has this massive impact, and you mm-hmm. feel it. You watch that yeah. movie, and you're like, God damn, this served a huge purpose. You don't mm-hmm. get that with The Incredibles too. but what I really enjoyed about it is it captured that same feeling, like a, just a fun animated adventure movie, nothing that we haven't seen before. But it brought back to life those characters in a really true-to-the-original way, and the story was serviceable, nothing great. I mean, it's just like a really standard generic story. But I think it was just a lot of fun for me personally to see the characters that I really enjoyed back at it and doing what you would expect them to and a little bit more. I I do agree, though, that it's not. it did seem very lazy because it really mm-hmm. is just shoehorning a bunch of different tropes into the movie at the end of the day. It's like, let's play the most by-the-numbers hero movie we can. But I guess just the way he went about it just screamed that he understood what you would want from it. That's just my perspective on it. Sure. Like, on a base level, I I get that it... Like, I wasn't bored necessarily. I thought the pacing was pretty good. Although, it did drag a little bit, like, in the middle. But it's like, when I I watch a sequel, I want it to feel like it's actually building upon 
the first one and not redoing the same thing. And I think it did have that energy that the original did. Because the original is fucking incredible. And it's one of my favorite, probably my favorite animated movie, at least my favorite an- family animated movie. Interesting. And this was just like, we're just going to do all that again. And we're going to kind of reset all the characters. And they're going to go through very similar arcs as the first one. And well, I'm like, yeah, you're just kind of going Pixar backwards. sequel for you. <laughs> yeah, I guess. No, because I think Finding the Toy Story, Story movies... was even worse. Oh, Finding Dory's that, absolutely. Finding, Finding Dory was just awful. Toy Story movies do a good job Yeah, that was upon that was like the original pre-Wally Pixar. Even the third one. That was when they were still working yeah. off of ideas that they had when they founded the company. Remember that little yeah. ad and where they're they like, out. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then they swapped a bunch of employees with Disney Animation, you know, and a lot of the Pixar yeah. people work on things like fucking Bolt and Frozen and yada yada. And now Pixar mm-hmm. as a company, they're just like, okay, well, what do we do to sell merchandise now? Yeah, it, it that's how it felt, very uninspired. Like that first movie, right? Violet, it's all about her being insecure with her powers. And then she overcomes that and asks, asks out that boy. What's his name? Tony, mm-hmm. I think. Yes. Tony. Mm. And then in this movie, his mind gets erased and she's like, oh, so I'm insecure again and I got to not be insecure. And she goes through a temper tantrum. And it's like, I... uh, okay, so so did you... Why are, we, why are we back here, you know? I didn't really have so much of a problem with Violet's character because, I mean, it, it felt like by the end of the first film, she conquered her kind of self-image issues, right? Like the whole point of her having the invisibility as a power is because she she wants to disappear and she's like the lonely goth child emo kind of sort of thing right and i i I feel like that got addressed by the end of the film and it stayed actually consistent into incredibles 2 just every problem she was experiencing from this point was from everyone else and not herself like the first movie it was all internal like oh i can't use the the shield because i'm so unconfident about myself and they almost fucking crash and die in the plane because of it but in this movie, it's literally like just the dad's being an asshole and <laughs> like everyone around her is just being an asshole to her. And it's all everyone else's fault, which kind of changes yeah. the dynamic for the character. But I think it doesn't really change. It's not like untrue to the character. Sure. Maybe I just didn't think it was as interesting because like it was that self-image thing. And it was also her being insecure about being having superpowers because her mother saw it as a bad thing. Her mother also, Helen, wanted to just have a normal life, right? And then Bob and Dash are the opposite, where Bob just wants mm-hmm. to, he's going through his midlife crisis, so he wants to relive the glory days. And Dash is, so wants to be a superhero, but society keeps telling him no, right? And this movie's like, what the fuck does Dash do in this movie? Exactly. <laughs> no, I completely yeah. agree that, that it borderline betrayed the characters for Dash and Mr. Incredible. Um, mm-hmm. Mr. Incredible all of a sudden is just a huge asshole. Like, like it's it's obvious from the first film that he wanted to be a part of the spotlight and save the day, but it was never to the point of actively wanting his family members to fail. Like, what the hell was up with yeah. that? Where he's he's watching his wife on TV being like, come on, fuck up. Like, what? That makes zero sense for your character. Realistically, logistically, I mean that's counterintuitive to your own goals. You want superheroes to be back. If she succeeds, then superheroes will be back. What are you doing? It just seemed like it's such a weird, needless way to make him an asshole, to make some sort of point 
about parenting and like, oh yeah, look at this male character, how he's used to being the guy who gets shit done, but not this time. We got a female lead doing it this time. Man, parenting yeah. sure is an incredible job for a real superhero. I just, it felt so ham-fisted, you know? That, that's why it felt like it was going backwards, because Bob went, like, Bob in the previous movie probably would have felt that way, but he learns over the course of that movie that he was being selfish and that he was just being kind of a dick. But now he's just back to that again. <laughs> so, Do you have anything know. to add to that, Charlie? Yeah, Charlie. I know I I'm throwing a lot at you right now. <laughs> no, I can't disagree with it. I really can't. Because uh-huh. at the end of the day, it really is kind of just the same thing again. It's almost like everything that happened in the first one doesn't translate into the second one. It's like its own self-contained plot that that could have been an entire standalone movie and we never got the first one and it all makes sense. Because mm-hmm. it's all, they all go through the same things, you're right. It just, again, seeing them do their shit again is what was just brought out the kid in me, really. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. maybe... Looking at it more objectively, and this is what I said earlier, where I just kind of look at it as like a layman, but looking at it more objectively, yeah, it really didn't do a whole lot to progress the series further. And it reminds me a lot, looking back on it, of Monsters University. Did any of you guys see that ass blast? I didn't yeah. even bother. Yeah, so. <laughs> that, that ass blast? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, I, I'm pretty sure I saw that movie, but I really can't remember. It's like I've been fucking exactly. denaralized. It, it's yeah. just, mm-hmm. it was so bad, and it did everything in a way that this movie did where it didn't take it further and it made it boring. I don't think Incredibles 2 made it boring, but you're right that it is kind of in the same place. Yeah, you're right that it didn't make it boring. I just I thought it was uninspired. It's good to hear like someone who likes it why they liked it. So I do think that's interesting. Again, not trying not trying to be like, "Oh, fuck you." <laughs> I would be super fucking comfortable with the idea of it being like its own contained story that you know is basically a spin-off where the first movie doesn't even really connect too much to it if they just set it 15 years after the first movie and not directly after because when you have these yeah. massive shifts in character it's like wait we just this is the same character the same day why does he sound like an old geezer you know <laughs> like not not just the character's yeah. voices but like completely changing the character and how they act is another thing I have an issue with. It's like, it would make sense if if a lot of time had passed and perhaps there had been experiences in these characters' lives to make them act differently. But for some reason, they just decided that they needed to set the film directly after the first movie. And I just, I don't understand why they did that. And I have to assume that it's because they wanted to spam baby Jack-Jack. And that's the only reason. That's That's my assumption. Yeah, maybe. But I like they could have said it a year later, and I could have seen the characters grow again and again have its own. That would have been interesting, actually, just have like these separate movies that really don't connect at all, but have the same characters. It's already paying homage to like the '60s campy superhero TV shows. Dude, you know? could yeah. you imagine the the wasted opportunity that they had though? Like you could have had a '70s or yeah. '80s themed Incredibles film where perhaps they even paid more homage to the decade that they were in than they did the first movie. Perhaps they it would be like yeah. a parody of 70s slash 80s superhero media too. Like there's that so many opportunities incredible. that they had with this sequel to do something interesting or exciting or innovative, but they just didn't. They took the laziest route possible. They set everything in the exact yeah. same time period because that way they don't have to design any new character models. They don't have to think about where the characters would be at X point in their life or if one of them's had a kid or whatever. Like, you know, you you don't have to think about those things if you just do the bare minimum, and that's what they did. It was a really lazy cash grab for me. Well, 
Oh, I was just gonna say they really didn't have that that liberty though because they ended the first one with the underminer coming out like I'm here to you know really ruin the city and then they have to address that problem. I guess they could have done it, could it in like a, a newspaper like... clipping or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. The yeah, first movie starts with, will beat with the shit like out of the animal, you know? archival footage. You know, <laughs> could have been one of those. Yeah, they could have they could have been just like an old '60s newsreel because that's that would also fit in with how the first movie started. It was literally just news uh, news clips of. Uh, Telling us what what superheroes are doing at this point, you know? Uh huh. I always took the underminer thing as like a joke. Like yeah. you, you got end the big superhero movie with oh cheesy villain and then they fight him. He's a know? mole. I was never like I wonder what's gonna happen with the underminer. And then in this movie, you never see the underminer again after that opening. Oh scene. yeah, they didn't really address it. To be fair, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah he still got away. The reason why they yeah. said it r- directly after was to address it. It's like great, but they didn't. He just kind of yeah. ran didn't off. Didn't they have a? GameCube game where you fight the underminer is that yes yeah. yeah they did did you there play you that I love that shit I never when I was it. when I was six or seven whenever it came out I loved that game I don't I, I don't know if I played it or not I just kind of <laughs> remember watching that yeah. well that game is the shit so I give that game a hundred on the moist meter I don't want to I don't want to talk too long about Incredibles because uh, Alex has not seen it. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, it's not sure. out in the UK yet, so I don't really have a choice. Yeah, somehow not not out in the UK. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, really weird. So a month. my yeah. only my only other huge criticism with uh, the Incredibles two, I'm gonna try my best to say this without spoiling anything, but the villain made no fucking sense, and the villain's goals Absolutely. made no fucking sense. And if you want to hear my thoughts further on that, then just watch my review because I go into spoiler territory there. Your movie what sucks. What's the uh, the score like? Because I My love the score? score from the first. I think movie. I gave it a f- no, 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 the, the, no, the, the music. musical. Oh, okay, uh, it was similar. It's fine. It didn't. Yeah, it's this, yeah. it's the rehash of the well, original okay. themes. I was kind of like, eh. The music was great. They just didn't play the one theme as much as the first film. Because I really like oh, when really? you think Incredibles and you think of the music, you think and you kind of want to hear yeah. that one song like played throughout the film. Yeah. Or reprised in some way, but they didn't. Uh, they didn't do that. It was the same composer. It was the same tone. Like the music was great overall, but I, um, I felt like I was missing that theme just a bit when I watched it. That's a shame. Yeah. It just felt Whatever. uninspired. Like everything, everyone was just kind of there, you know, and they felt like they had to make it. Were there yeah. any new characters that you liked, Charlie? Uh, I'm just curious. No, I, the new characters were really two dimensional. I didn't think there was any yep. interesting ones. Yeah, they kind of felt like toys. Void. Yeah, I didn't like the Jack Jack like Raccoon thing. I, I loved that fight. I thought that you was did? the best part okay. of the movie. I thought that was the worst part of the movie. <laughs> Jesus, all right. Yeah. I, I, I like that. It's just a bunch of different powers from this one guy against some raccoon that can match all of his moves. I thought that was fun. Just very old-fashioned cartoony. I felt like I was watching Scrat from Ice Age. Yeah, that's why. Like, raccoon. it felt very <laughs> different than the humor in the first one. Because the the humor in the first one, I love it. I was okay with that like, scene. They're, okay, well, I wasn't. Despite hating how much they spammed Jack-Jack, but still, anyway. Yeah. There's this scene in the original where they're like... Helen and Bob are fighting in a car about directions on the way to like the fucking big villain fight and I love the humor like that where it's like these little family banter things that happen Mm -hmm. in the context of this grand superhero movie and I thought all of it was so smart and and clever and creative and now it was like now I'm watching Jack-Jack fight a raccoon like (laughs) you know it's like so 
so far from what I liked about that first Incredibles. Alex, what mm-hmm. did you think of the first Incredibles? It's my favorite Pixar film, for sure. Oh, wow. It's one of those yeah. films that I've, I've watched mine. so many times that like I can envision every scene in my head and like every mm-hmm. musical note and every line of dialogue. Oh, wow. I, I adore that It still film. holds up. We've all yeah. seen it recently, Ralph, that's right? your favorite least... Pixar film, too? Absolutely. That movie is fucking incredible from start to end. I mean, Charlie? Incredibles. Yeah, it's also my favorite wow. Pixar film. <laughs> it, it's, yours is Ratatouille, right, Adam? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think which is also is great. Fantastic. That one doesn't really follow the, the Pixar formula as much, which is why it's, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Everything about it's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Uh-huh. And that's that. <laughs> we did it. We did it. Incredibles too, everybody. You haven't said too much this episode, Alex. What is something you'd like to bring up? Well, I don't know, because The Incredibles isn't out here, so I, I didn't have a choice. <laughs> exactly. The first one. I'm just I'm just hyped to talk about uh, the movie Adam picked, to be honest. Yeah. That's what I've been doing. I was doing thinking we really? could uh, change the uh, yeah. topic right, and get into that. We'll, we'll give, I'm excited, uh, too. We'll give Alex and Charlie first dibs on discussing it right after I uh, describe it anyway. So we uh, so we saw a movie. We all saw a movie. Spoilers. There was a, there was a movie that we saw. Uh, we're going into uh, spoiler territory. Uh, it was decided last episode from me that all of us would be watching a French-Canadian uh, horror film from 2008 called Martyrs. And if you're watching at home, if you're pressing pause and you're about to watch the movie and then join the discussion... Uh, make sure to not watch the uh, 2013 or 2015 American remake. Make sure it is the 2008 French-Canadian film. Otherwise, you're watching a much, much worse movie that has nothing going for it at all. And I decided this movie because I found out in the episode that we were doing with Chris Stuckman that you guys hadn't seen it, which... No. Yeah, I I guess uh, just to describe the plot a little... Uh, there's uh, a, a little girl who had been kidnapped and tortured, and she escaped. She got put into some sort of a foster home, uh, mental abused children facility. She makes friends with uh, somebody else named Anna, and uh, they grow up. And uh, the one girl who was tortured uh, sees a newspaper clipping of uh with what she thinks or what she assumes or what she says she knows is uh her captors and she's she's very certain that these people had something to do with it so she murders them and <laughs> and her friend Anna shows up and she's not exactly convinced uh that these people tortured her friend because they just look like a normal family and then from that point on things get really fucked up uh, we'll get more into the plot because I'm just going to go on forever because it kind of goes a lot of places. Yeah. But, uh, what did... It's like four movies in one. Oh, man. it's uh, There's a lot that happens. Uh, what did what did you guys think of uh, Martyrs? And let's uh, let's start with Alex. Um, I, I, I like it and hate it equally, nearly. Actually, I, I like it more than I hate it. Um, mm-hmm. It has certainly left an effect on me, and, and it was... Um, from beginning, I was I was intrigued, interested, mm-hmm. really wanted to know what's happening. I think the progression of where the story goes is is quite interesting for the first sort of act. And then there's like a huge sag in the middle where it's just like starting to get bored. 
but by the end, when you kind of figure out where it was all leading to and what was ramping up to being, it, it, I did kind of leave it pretty satisfied um, mm -hmm. and um, disturbed, nice. <laughs> to say the least. Um, I, what made you choose this movie for for Charlie especially? Did you want him to suffer? Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was curious it's, about that too. Well, I mean, like it it it's a um, well, I wouldn't choose it for people that I don't think could handle it. Also, you know, like I don't. Yeah. It is it is kind of one of the more disturbing horror movies out there, and a very special kind of like psychological horror in a sense. Yeah, that I don't I don't think everybody can handle although i have my issues with it and although there's a lot that could definitely be, be better about it i do consider it to be a must-see horror film i do consider it to be something that like if anybody enjoys horror they should see this film if anybody enjoys powerful pushing yeah. their their limits and being disturbed or seeing something that could you know that would fuck them up or get a reaction out of them this is one of those movies i think you're gonna have an extreme reaction to it um mm -hmm. either way in, in in different points of the film um i don't know how you felt charlie by the end of it did you enjoy it did you not enjoy it or yeah so when when adam assigned this summer reading for me this homework i, <laughs> I skimmed through it because i was looking for the right one like you said there's i think there's two remakes and i saw those initially and i'm like this looks like shit I found the 2008 one. Uh, he he initially told me 2008, but I couldn't find it, so I looked at the other two. But I found 2008. I skimmed through, and it looked like just standard torture porn shock for the sake of shock. So I thought mm -hmm. it was going to be like a really shitty, uninspired movie, like a Serbian film, if you guys know what that is, or yeah. Human Centipede, for a better yeah. example. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be just some stupid shock to make you vomit type deal that has nothing to offer. But when I was watching it, it was actually a really captivating story. Mm -hmm. And it had a whole lot here. By the end of the film, there was a lot I didn't like. But overall, I thought it was a really unique experience and a really, really good horror movie. And I didn't awesome. expect that going in. I, I thought for sure I'd come here and just make fun of you, Adam, for assigning that shit. Eh, well, really not every recommendation good. is necessarily a good movie. There will be recommendations yeah, I make that are intentionally yeah. bad. But it's it's about the discussion more than anything else, right? Yeah, like the movie became a little joke on uh, on our podcast because before I watched it, we mm -hmm. did a, a podcast episode and they're like, oh, what are you guys doing? And I was like, I have to watch this shit movie that Adam assigned me. <laughs> nice. So Martyr, Martyrs kind of became a little joke over there. Now I have to go back on record and say that it's an actual good movie. Nice. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. What about you, Ralph? Yeah, I've been pretty quiet because I, I didn't really like it. I thought okay, it was... Cool. I wasn't really scared. I was mostly bored. I, I thought it was kind of stupid, but I'm curious to hear what you guys like. Were you distressed well, at all? There's one way to make you instantly love it, and that's to watch the remake. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I that's one way. Did you? After watching it, I, I, uh, went I, it. I watched the trailer for the remake, and I'm like, all right, this looks like a giant oh piece of shit. Oh, yeah. That being said, that doesn't make the original film I any know, better or worse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it made me appreciate it way more, though. Because yeah, I was like, wow, this... it's actually way more brutal. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's just, it doesn't hold back at all. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't hold back. I think that's part of the issue for me and what I find scary. Because I prefer things that are, I prefer more subtlety. Mm. Like what scares yeah. me isn't like, it's not. I don't know. Super uh, subtle. Like, like she's fucking, there's a naked woman who's all cut up. 
with the thing on her head in a bathtub with mm-hmm. blood everywhere yelling and the lights are flickering. And what scares me is like, you know, a wide shot of a house at night and you see a shadow move on the bottom yeah. right corner. <laughs> like that's what scares me. The, talking about I, I agree with you on that. Like it's the subtlety yeah. that scares yeah. me. But don't uh-huh. you think the we're in spoilers, I guess. The scene yeah, at the very course. end that wraps it all together with where she, you know, kind of sees the other side or whatever. Does does that concept not kind of fuck with you a, a little bit and uh, in a creepy way? Really. I thought that was really creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it affects that different was definitely people more effective. Yeah. That was more effective than the rest of it, I think. Because I, I don't want to say the rest of it's torture porn, and it's not like on the level of Saw or or Human well, Centipede or some shit like that. Is. But it somewhat is. I mean, the torture matters to the goals of the characters in the story. It's not just like, haha, this is my fetish. Yeah, but like, like what was the the point? What was the point of the story itself? Like, what was this movie trying to say? Well, it's about. I think it's more about how far would you go to get the answers you're looking for. Maybe. mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd probably be the message to take away. That is an interesting. Those characters. I just. I didn't find it scary for one thing, and I think there was a lot of um, just aspects of it that. Are are found in bad horror movies or just average? There are yeah, jump scares that. toward the beginning yep. that I yeah. thought were pretty bad. There's like stock thunder sound effects, and that oh my god, that's fucking stock oh, yeah. violin was in it. <laughs> I noted that down. <laughs> that I was like Jesus Christ with this. It was just a very average presentation. Like it wasn't technically poor done, but it, yeah. everything was handheld and everything's close up yeah. and like shot with a far lens, and all the lighting is kind of even and boring. Like the setting had no personality to it. What? It just felt like some rich person's house, and they filmed oh, but there. That, no, I mean, like, it's supposed to feel like a normal family's house, right? It's like the subversion of expectations, because you're not supposed to immediately know that they actually had a torture room or that they had anything to do with it. And obviously, when those other characters show up and they're a part of this fucking cult, and, and we're in the same house, and she's being tortured, and a new family has moved in, it's obviously subsidized by these rich people that are trying to find out the meaning of, of uh, life after death or the existence of life after death. So I don't, I don't think calling the house like a, a, normal, a normal house or a rich person's house is any kind of criticism, because that's what it's supposed to look like. You're supposed to not know that there's a torture uh, area in the basement, you know? I don't know how much of that was intentional, though, because the way this movie shot, being everything all close up, I don't I don't know if they e- were even thinking about the setting. Like to them it was just like, oh, let's just find a rich house and we'll film around it. You know? Do you know what I'm trying to say? I didn't I didn't think that like, it was like there wasn't noxious, like this like a lot there wasn't this emphasis. There wasn't this emphasis of making the the setting a character in it, which I think is a great thing about horror mm. movies. Even if you're going to do like, you know, set it in a rich person's house. I don't think that they did an amazing job of of setting as character, but I don't think they failed at it. I don't think that like they did anything going into the negatives in that category. No, but they didn't do anything going into the positives with it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think it was like terribly shot. Honestly, again, I didn't think anything any of that was bad, but it didn't stand out to me at all, and I was just yeah. kind of just yeah, I thought it was kind of flat, and even the lighting too. That's one of my favorite things about horror movies is how creepy you can light it. And I was oh, watching yeah. it like, okay, this is all just kind of, I I'm not getting anything out of the the filmmaking that's making me feel anything. Same thing with the music, which was all kind of boring and. Some of the music was great. Some of the music was shit, in my opinion. I I didn't like any of the music really, and one of them sounded like Twenty Eight Days Later. Oh yeah. Huge yeah. ripoff of that theme. That must have been temp yeah. music. 
Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. <laughs> yeah. The song the song where the uh, rich people show up, it's literally just a ripoff of the 28 Days Later theme. When they all show up to the house. Oh, my God. I thought something twigged. Yeah. yeah I could not get invested. That's fine. But anyway, I've, I've been going on for too long. You guys, you talk about what you liked. So you didn't like the sound design at all? No, not really. I thought really? it was kind of it's just... Again, not terrible. That's how I feel about everything. Like, nothing about this technically was terrible. It was all just kind of uninspired and dull for you me. You don't consider it to stand out from other horror films in any way? Like, the average schlock horror movie? You don't? Do you consider this to, to have things of value that separate it? Not really. I think it stands out from the Saw movies or shit like that by being technically more competent and not as obnoxious. Wow. But I was just kind of like, ah, okay. I don't. I'm not really getting anything out of this. I don't even find it scary. I think. I think it's more silly. No, that's fine. I. Uh, mm-hmm. I. I do think that it has a decent amount to offer, despite being relatively flawed. Like, there's a lot that I take issue with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is one of my favorite and most brutal opening uh, sequences to any horror movie, really, because the the subversion of expectations that takes place. You know how every single horror movie opens up with. Like, okay, we're going to introduce the scare and here's what you're supposed to be scared of the entire film. And this is why you're going to continue being scared. Like we have the one thing, you know, and they kind of did that. They did the, uh, you know, demon thing silhouette perched on the foot of her bed while she's at the uh, whatever facility. And then as soon as that scene's over in any horror movie, like in the vast majority of horror movies that you watch, your, your mind is thinking like, okay, well that. That's the end of the cold open scare. Now we're being introduced to characters who are going to follow throughout the entire film. One by one, they'll get plucked off. One of them will survive by the end of it. We get introduced to the family, and immediately they're fucking massacred. Like, you, mm-hmm. m- me watching that film, like, I thought these were characters that I would be following, you know? But immediately, it's, they're just completely decimated in a completely brutal way like the kid xavier dolan is like i'm th- i'm 13 or whatever he says i, I think he said 18 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Is, is, how old mm-hmm. are you 18 fucking shotguns him destroyed the little girl's crying and screaming she just witnessed her family being murdered she gets destroyed too like holy fuck absolutely brutal and i don't see many horror films doing scenes like that or pulling them off in that way and then to top it all off the way the way that the story kind of like twists and turns and like d- it 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 doesn't go in the way that I I expected it at all from m- me watching it for the first time like I had no idea how many new concepts it it would introduce as it went along and I just I loved how how packed it was there's a lot that I love about this movie and yes I have a lot of issues with it but still like I I think that there's plenty to appreciate about it that does separate it from the vast majority of horror films honestly i admire that they were trying to bounce between different horror genres in a way because it goes from like more psychological horror with the visions of the woman to like you know other kinds of horror with the shotgunning down the family but i every subversion of expectations felt just like they went in less interesting directions than i would have liked them to and the unpredictability the of it became, it almost became predictable for me. Because it's like, okay, you have a scene Interesting. where you show the woman getting, you know, her skull getting ripped out, the, whatever brace she had on her head. And then she just gets shot after. 
It's like, all right. Oh, that wasn't even, I wouldn't even use that in this example of like subversion of expectations. That wouldn't well, even no, be. Because they just shot her. Like you think this movie is going to go, okay, they're going to escape and they're going to leave with this woman. And oh. It's going to be about a recovery or something. Do something with that. And then she gets shot and it becomes this whole other movie. And I think like it felt kind of clumsy how it switched tones for me. Hmm. It never felt like smoothly going into the next genre. Again, going back to Hereditary, which I've been talking about a lot recently. That has a lot of different elements of horror in it, like that family dynamic, and then there's the paranormal stuff, and then there's the psychological horror, and the, the themes of guilt and grief or whatever. But it all blended together so well, and it all meshed so well that it never became distracting, or it felt like the filmmaker was trying to just disturb me constantly, like trying too hard, you know? And I felt that with this. I think it was just trying too hard. I would love to discuss Hereditary with you. After Alex has seen it at some point, of course. Yeah. yeah. Be- before we, uh, while we're still on that, yeah, this please. is my turn to put Ralph against the ropes because I fucking loved Hereditary all the way up until about the last ten minutes of the movie. What did you think of the last ten or so? Without minutes? spoiling it for Alex. Without spoiling without, anything. Without, I, yeah. I just. I, I just love know the. You. I love the ending because it's mm. one of those where everything before it sets it up very well, and al- although you're not expecting it, and it could be corny, if you were to watch the movie again. You go, okay, this is all. This was all set up beforehand, and I'm enjoying yeah. where this goes. And it was just as technically well done as the rest of it. I feel like the ending to Hereditary was corny and kind of sloppy, but I still appreciated it. I mean, it was just, hmm. I, I wish that things were explained in a different way. But yeah, let's, let's save this uh, discussion yeah, let's before see. we get too but far off track. Again, I Martyrs. do understand that criticism from both of you. Again, yeah. it's, it's what we find scary. I don't mind, like, paranormal things that aren't real, you know, being used to scare me as long as you do it well. So, mm-hmm. And same thing with this. I don't mind, like, realistic, gore, violent, disturbing shit. But I feel if you go too over the top with it, it becomes silly. And that's um, how it became <laughs> with this. I mean, uh, I do think it's relatively clumsy. Um, I thought the pacing was somewhat all over the place just because it's so exhausting to go from subvert you know just something subverting you over and over mm-hmm. again you know mm-hmm. um but i i do feel like it really does come together at the end because i was getting to the point about three quarters through where i was like this I'm, I'm getting kind of fed up with this now just scene after scene of this woman being tortured mm. seeming to, seemingly to no end because you have no idea what the hell they're doing what the point hell is yeah i and love it, get, it and it gets somewhat yeah and it's the kind of thing where it's like you're building this up so much and you're really going to have to convince me that all these people being this organized to do this really fucked up thing, you know, it has to be convincing. It has to be believable in some way. And somehow I feel like they did manage to achieve in, in it being like a convincing reason. Like I was like, yeah, I buy it. There, there are nutters out there that do that kind of thing. And they're, they're somewhat proven right. You know, they mm-hmm. they do what they were, they were trying to. And it's disturbing in the process. But like... It, it, it's not really a film I want to revisit anytime soon. It, it is pretty <laughs> um, weighty um, yeah. and difficult to watch at, at points. And it's just like... My favorite. Exhausting is the best word for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to feel like I had a workout every time I watch a movie. Y- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure. But like my biggest problem with it is is down to I can't remember the character's name the one that ends up getting skinned alive Anna. um what's that character's Anna Anna, Anna. Anna um, for me it was it was her she had that typical 
horror movie problem where you constantly are saying, why are you doing this? Why are you mm-hmm. making this decision to, to go further into oh, yeah. something that's obviously At dangerous? Moments, that yeah, that kept sure. bugging me to no end because it was like, from the beginning, I thought she she was acting quite strange and unrealistic and clearly in a way that was just to move the plot along. Mm-hmm. I, I do agree with Ralph that it's extremely clumsy um, building up to the point where it's like he clearly had a really good idea for an ending, but the journey to get there is like a zigzag of like conveniences and just it is very messy. But I, I do like it overall. By the end, it was it was weird how it, how I flip flopped throughout the experience. Like it yeah. was positive, then negative. Like I remember in that early scene where you said like the ghoul was at the end of her bed and like mm-hmm. a really traditional kind of predictable horror oh, yeah. movie way with the jump scare and everything. I was like, that looked like any other horror movie. Yeah, I was like, well, why did why did Adam suggest this? This is the kind of shit he hates normally. And, yeah. But then, like, the way they do subvert that kind of thing makes it creepier. Um, and and they just they just do away with it at a certain point where it's like, in, in one way, like thirty minutes in, almost feels like the end of a short story or something because yeah. the, the character like kills herself and then it just progresses into another thing. I was like, is the movie ending? <laughs> the first time I watched it, I was like, how long? Yeah, has it I been? actually had to check to see what? how how like if it was really short or something because it did feel like the end and then it just kept going and. I don't know if it's giving the film too much credit to kind of say that, yes, excruciating on purpose. Um, there are definitely points where it is supposed to be excruciating on purpose, mm-hmm. but the excruciating length at times, um, I don't know. Like Ralph said, it's it's hard to tell sometimes the intent and if, if they're being genuine or not, or if it's just like a, a beautiful accident that you're just kind of interpreting a certain way. And I mean, I mean, that's the good thing about it, really. Oh, yeah. yeah I thought yeah. It, was, it was pretty good overall. Like the just it's just a concept that it's like at the root of everyone's imagination mm-hmm. and and i'd never seen it kind of exploited in in a in a way like this yeah um because i was reading the trivia and the the director based the film on hostel by um, <laughs> what's his face uh eli roth yeah eli roth um and say what you will about that film but that's way more of like a goofy torture porn thing yeah that's that's torture porn nothing yeah. else <laughs> literally it, just it kind of point. changes trajectory at certain points um i think that's what you took away from it as well mm. as the kind of extreme gore um i, I did i did keep being reminded of, of hostel when watching it um but it's like a oh this is this is like if you take the the loose idea of hostel but actually do it in a to, to like an end instead of it just being gore for gore's sake yeah and not just like oh yeah they want to torture people haha yeah, man, yeah. isn't Europe so scary? <laughs> <laughs> where were they again? I don't remember. It was one of those things where it's like you could sell a horror movie and just be like, "Man, we sure are some young Americans on vacation right now in a foreign country," and that just yeah. makes it scarier for people <laughs> in American audiences. Yeah, there are things I liked about it. I thought the acting was good for the most part. Mm-hmm. The lead, the lead girls were very good. The makeup mm-hmm. was good for the most part. Although the, I, the I don't know about the, great. yeah, most of them were pretty good. I'll, I'll I'll leave it there, and I liked I liked the end bit with like you were saying, Alex. I think that's kind of a creepy idea. I don't think it was executed in a way I found that scary, but I do think the kernel of the idea is pretty scary. Yeah, most of it I thought was just kind of dull. Charlie, would you uh, <laughs> sorry? Would you agree that uh, it was clunky in ways, or how did you feel about that? 
I actually wouldn't necessarily call it clunky. It's um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't call it scary though. I agree with Ralph that I wouldn't exactly consider it a scary movie. Maybe in on, in Alex's defense, on like a conceptual level, I could see it being pretty scary in that regard. But I would say disturbing more than scary. Yeah, for the record, disturbing. I, I didn't find it scary in the same way okay. you might find something like Hereditary or I, The Shining I think, scary. I, I didn't find it disturbing either. Shocking more than anything. Uh, mm -hmm. I'd go to st disturbing. I think is a better adjective for it, yeah. or maybe unnerving to some degree, but. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I think what I liked most about it is after the first act, I suppose, after she blows away the family and you don't know if it was the right family, I really like that. It's a guessing game. So did she get mm. it right? Did she get it wrong? And it had me on my toes where when Anna was talking on the phone, I started to get the idea that maybe Lucy never existed. She was in Anna's head. Maybe Anna's the one who's insane mm. because you also had the opening. You had the opening scene with Anna being interrogated on behalf of Lucy, which is kind of odd. So mm -hmm. I just really like the guessing game of where the movie's going to go and what direction it's going to take. Uh, I thought it dragged quite a bit after the family got blown away. I thought there wasn't a yeah. whole lot there. There wasn't a whole lot mm -hmm. of substance there other than yeah, you just so. guessing. And then when she gets to the basement and finds like that fucking feral animal looking woman who's all geared up in like a saw trap then the movie really takes a really disturbing turn, in my opinion. Yeah. I would have enjoyed the guessing game more if I had liked the characters a bit more, or at least found them interesting. I thought the, the, the girl who killed the entire family, I thought she was kind of interesting, but mm -hmm. she dies like a half hour in, right? Yeah. yeah. And then all we're left with is the other girl, who I was just like, all right, I, I, I'm going to feel for you a little bit because out of basic human empathy, I don't want to see you get tortured. But as far as like, how interesting I found her or how much I related to her. Eh, not really. Just kind of felt like a, a like a template fucking horror movie character just put in there. I kind of disagree with you there because I was, as as I was watching, like when she gets introduced to like the torture, right? I was watching, mm -hmm. the, you know, the, this time I watched it, I was, I was thinking about how much of a benefit there is that she's not the character that had already experienced it before that she is now being introduced to this torture that she didn't even really know existed fully like she didn't even really know that her her friend actually found the right people responsible and so i i really enjoyed seeing someone going through these motions from just being literally an an innocent person up until that point and becoming a uh, martyr you know, mm -hmm. I, I felt I felt like uh, it wouldn't have worked as well if it was what's her face, the other girl. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't want it to be the other girl, yeah. to be clear. I just I wish that, that I guess at first she's the main character. And then toward the second half, mm -hmm. this other girl becomes more of oh, a yeah. main character. But yeah, that's why I thought the movie was ending when she killed herself. It's <laughs> <was> like, what? Yeah. <laughs> the main character just I, died. <laughs> but it's like now I'm following this girl and it's, she's like, OK, she's there. Mm -hmm. So. I, it sucks that you're getting tortured, but what am I getting out of it, you know? <laughs> Fat material? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I guess if you're into that kind of thing. So I have some uh, I have some notes in my phone about the many things that I don't like about this movie. Okay, mm -hmm. shoot. And after, I've watched this movie quite a few times, and so I've picked up on a lot of little nitpicks that... Yeah, uh, does it get better or worse with rewatches? Because it's so, like, unexpected. Some parts get better, some parts get worse. You know, yeah. like if you're looking okay. at like a lot of the um, logistical elements, it gets worse. But there are, mm -hmm. you know, there's things to appreciate about it, too. And I've already talked a decent amount about what I appreciate about it. But one issue that I have with the movie is um, although the cuts 
look realistic. They don't bleed. Like they're fresh. Yeah, all I had these that fresh too. cuts yeah. all over these people, but they don't bleed. And it's just like, well, oh, yeah. what's yeah. the issue with being cut if you don't bleed? I watched it with my girlfriend and she pointed that out to me. And that's what really kind of confirmed to me that like maybe it is all in Anna's head because all of the wounds are mm -hmm. just, it's like they just never happened. Yeah. They're there and you can kind of see them, really but weird. nothing happens with them. Yeah, they yeah, do. Like I just the, see it as stain. They messed up makeup. Yeah, like when she's <laughs> like dabbing up annoying. the blood yeah. from the neck, she's like trying to fix her slit throat with like fucking paper towels and whatever. <laughs> it's just it, all of it just looks so odd. Like it's so unre unrealistic being the wrong word, but just like you can't even believe it ever happened in the movie. There mm -hmm. are some elements to do with um, like the violence and the cuts that I really do love. I love just the absolute brutality of when the uh, creature is literally just like digging into her back with the the blade yeah. you know like you never mm -hmm. see it like it, there's a lot of moments of violence in this movie where i'm just like i'm cringing in yeah in like a cringe. terrified disgust kind of way like when she's after she frees the lady with the thing on her head from the basement yeah she immediately takes this like butcher's knife and just starts like filleting her arm and you can yeah. you can literally see like the pieces of skin sticking out on top of the knife. Like you can see that she's like digging into it and she's not even slowing down. She doesn't even look like she's even in pain. Like she's that is just so fucking disturbing to me watching shit yeah, like that. I don't know if you guys agree, yeah. but there are moments like there are certain <laughs> shots in this movie of, of violence that, that just, they fuck with me on, on a, um, just a purely visceral level. What about when they're pulling like the pins out of the the head of that like metal harness? That thing? didn't uh, affect me so much. It was a decent effect. It, it's just people screaming. Is yeah. what gets to me. <laughs> that, yeah. At that moment, I was I I'm more often just thinking like, why are you doing this? <laughs> One of those things. The one that always gets me without fail is head banging. As soon as mm -hmm. someone's banging their oh, own really? head into something, I'm like, Jesus, that's unholy. Where's the Lord? <laughs> it just, just yeah. always makes me so uncomfortable when someone's banging their own head on something like when that girl gets the head restraint off and she just starts attacking the wall Ugh, hate that shit uh, that's so weird that like how interesting it is that I don't find that scary at all and almost comedic when people bang their head <laughs> against the wall. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's, what a, there's it is a scene. There's a scene in Mr. Robot with, where Elliot's beating himself up and it's done mm -hmm. for like comedy, and that's what that scene reminded me of in, in Martyrs. <laughs> It might actually be from the Three Stooges. That that actually used yeah. to scare me when I was a kid. And childhood trauma. Again, it's just it's whatever you find scary. But yeah, that that and her pulling the the nails out of her head, and it's, I was just like, okay, all right. <laughs> there there is one aspect of the movie that's kind of funny when you think about it. Is that uh, she somehow freed that woman from the basement despite there only being a ladder to get up it kind of just cut and you're supposed to not think about how she brought the torture victim yeah. upstairs but it's like how the fuck that, did she get her up <laughs> that was kind of editing funny. was a little i didn't like the editing in this too i think there was a lot of quick cutting there was no suspense you know it was just always close and always hmm. i guess that creates a different effect yeah i thought it was like suitably chaotic for what it mm -hmm. needed to be but there is another issue that I have with this. I'm just going to go through them because I, re I really want to mention yeah, this. Yeah, sure. Just, um, just yeah. run down the rest of the list. Yeah, Let's go. I, I've got a few left. If you think about it, the arms 
being chained like five feet high on the walls probably would not work very well for their business because you could easily hang yourself with that shit. You could easily oh, wrap yeah. the chain around your neck and be dead and not have to be tortured anymore. So if they are putting through people through such horrific torture that they start seeing life after death, you would think that they would suicide before that point. And they've been given a really easy way to do that. So another note I have is just I love the absolutely brutal violence when that huge guy is just beating her senseless. Like that's fucked up. Like you don't show that shit in movies usually. Mm-hmm. Just the dynamic of like this huge beefy dude and this small girl. You never show that kind of shit in movies really that often. Like that's something that's it just conceptually watching that is just absolutely brutal. Fucking stands her up and like knocks her out again and then stands her up again while she's knocked out and socks yeah. her in the face. Like, it's just such overkill mm-hmm. that it's like, how didn't she fucking die while that happened? It, at the end, it's kind of death, right? Like, in between. Yeah. I guess. And uh, I guess the, the last couple things I want to mention about this is uh, I, I love how when Anna is now being tortured, they're showing her being fed, and it's shot in the same way that the other girl's flashbacks were in the sense that the flashback scenes were done where you don't see the uh, person's face who's feeding her the, the slop. But then they reincorporate that into the new scenes where Anna is being fed that way. And it's like, okay, well, there's no mystery to who these characters are at this point. Like, there doesn't need to be a mystery there. But the way that it's filmed, it's like, okay, these torturous characters are essentially replaceable and it could be anybody it could be you know the same person obviously that person's dead but i i I love how how it was shot in that way and and it didn't show you the face of the person like feeding feeding her that shit it's just a really um detached and impersonal way to kind of show those characters and i think that it works well for what it's trying to do i don't know if you Mm -hmm. agree with that because you didn't like how anything was shot yeah, I I mean I guess I thought that was fine that they didn't show the original person torturing, but then they showed the guy torturing at the end. I was like, okay. No, they didn't. They like, didn't show the girl at the end. Is what I'm I was saying. Like they didn't show the character feeding Anna the slop, right? They kept oh, they that, kept okay. the angle low and kept her faceless, and that's what I appreciate yeah. about it. Even though like she's a new character and there's no reason to hide her, it it just reincorporated sure. the same shot from the flashback and sort of to emphasize like yes you are now going through the exact same thing that your friend went through and this person could literally be anybody and it doesn't matter who they are sort of thing yeah but that that's like i didn't even think that was that stand out of a filmmaking decision i guess i thought it was fine you <laughs> know just mm-hmm. like everything else so i was like okay and it, like you said there was no mystery at that point as to you know what would happen in the story anymore so toward the end, it just became torture, and I found it kind of boring. Mm-hmm. I was just uninterested at that point. Like if you had cut all that out and went to the end, I guess obviously you loved that it was it went all the way with the violence, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But I just found it mostly very uncompromising, not even disturbing, really. Yeah. yeah, it did not hold back, and I appreciate it when horror movies do that, especially. Yeah, I appreciate it when they hold back, don't hold back, but there's something that makes you want to sit through that. 
to go to the next thing because you're interested where it's going. And here I was not interested where it was going because you kind of know where it's going. It's over, basically. The story's basically mm. over and we're just watching torture. You think, right? but, but then it has a payoff though. Like you think, oh, this is just torture porn. Not really. That, that, I mean, when I you was getting like exhausted. You don't really get any it. answers out of it. Yeah, do you? you? Do. Like, well, yeah, I mean, it's what? ambiguous at the it, end of it, but you, you get some sort of payoff, right? Well, yeah, the, the reason it's frustrating at that point is because you're like, I don't know who these people are or why they're torturing her. Like, it's just mindless at that point. But then, after the excruciating scenes of torture are over, the, that mm -hmm. woman, Mademoiselle or whatever, comes in and explains what they're doing, and it's like, oh, that is, that is really fucked. And then they, like, succeed in their plan. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it does lead up to a like a conclusion. It's not like yeah. Hostel where it's just like, look, there's yeah. funny deaths left and right. Oh, Hostel's a total joke, though. <laughs> it's not yeah. even remotely the same tone. Um, yeah. I, didn't they explain that beforehand? They to... alluded to it. She was like, look at their eyes. She was saying, like, this is a martyr, right? This is how to make martyrs. But, like, I don't think she really explained that what they were like that they were an organization trying to find out what life after death is and to get her to communicate that to them while she's like missing her skin like that wasn't really explained you know yeah like that wasn't that much like that little extra bit of information at the end didn't make it any more disturbing or add anything really, really. Everything he says beforehand, or she says beforehand, in that little scene where they meet up before the torture, I kind of got the gist of that. Not the whole paranormal element afterward, <laughs> where you fucking talk to the afterlife, but like everything else. I was well, like, that's, okay. That's I feel like I feel like we're ninety nine percent, like we're ninety nine percent done with the story at that point, and the only bit that's given to us at the end is that little exchange about the afterlife, right? That's very important, though, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so it's a setup for the payoff. Yeah. But maybe if they had, like, instead of having that interview or that, that interrogation scene beforehand, slowly dealt out that information over time throughout the torture, maybe that would have been better. But, like, I was just not interested at all. I guess it comes down to what segment. actually freaks you out. Like, does, does the yeah. concepts yeah. do anything for you? Because for me, that is, like, absolutely Yeah, that, that concept at the end is kind of creepy. But yeah. I didn't. I didn't think it was well executed. And then she just shoots herself at the end, <laughs> and it's like, okay, I guess oh, I she got it. no answers, and she shot herself. What do you yeah, mean? It's great. not. It's not like no answers. It's it. It makes you think about what the answer was. Yeah, like an answer said, was yeah. communicated uh, to her. Not knowing right. is scarier than than yeah, knowing. Like it, if yeah. they did try to explain it, it would be infinitely worse. Oh no, than I don't. Her. I don't want them to explain it. It's just yeah, like but you can't just say like there was no answer. No, but there isn't really an answer for the audience. But she got an for the answer. audience, no. And there's a she reason why answer. she killed herself, and it, it, it's up to the audience to discuss why she would have killed herself, or at least, you know, just be creeped out by the uh, ambiguous ending. It, you know, like the idea of the afterlife, if communicated to us in our mortal human forms through English, is just so inaccessible to us as mortals that we kill ourselves for whatever reason. It's either she's thinking like, okay, well, I want to get there right away and I'm not going to waste time explaining it to you guys or you wouldn't even be able to handle the truth or like this changes everything or like who knows, right? It's it's something that's so impossible to communicate that she kills herself. 
or that she's saving mm -hmm. other people from that knowledge because it might destroy society or something. Who knows, right? Yeah. It's it's fun I to think I about, and I, I love that it was left up to interpretation. Sure. I don't know. Maybe it was just the image. Sure. Too, like, shooting yourself. Fine. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't... Yeah. Like, I was watching it, and I didn't get any of these, like, oh, I wonder what she said to her. I was just like, okay, you don't know. <laughs> the filmmakers don't know, so they were like, fuck it. Just have her whisper some shit. All right. I'll keep I'll <laughs> keep that in mind. I'll keep that in mind for uh, future movies that you praise and try to relate that in a way. Okay, all right. <laughs> Again, it's a total like if I found all that affecting and like original and interesting, then that last bit probably would have scared me. But I was so uninvested at that point, and I felt most of the mystery had been solved or, or like communicated to me. That that last extra bit was just. It was mildly intriguing more than it was, like, disturbing. I think you might be hung up a little too hard on everything trying to scare you instead of just trying to make you think. Yeah, you're kind, of, you're mm -hmm. kind of relating everything back to horror instead of relating it more to was it effective in terms of a payoff or did I, did I feel anything here? Did it make me think certain ways or something like that instead of relating it all back yeah, to horror? Yeah, because that's what's yeah, scary but... to me. Yeah, but the psychological horror stuff or any or any of the horror stuff didn't really work for me. The technical aspects didn't really work for me. And the story itself was kind of just a mishmash of different tones and different kinds of horror that I wasn't and there were no characters that I really weren't was invested in. So there was mm -hmm. nothing keeping me in it. There was nothing that wanted me to I I just didn't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. I just wasn't invested at all. Yeah, I fully believe you when you say that. And so as a result, I was just like, okay, that was a horror movie, and it was kind of well shot, and there's some good acting and some good makeup and some intriguing ideas, but yeah, I didn't do anything for me. Yeah. I guess uh, we should have our uh, closing statements and then move on to questions. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't hate it. I think it, I guess oh. it did its job. <laughs> um, well, that's the thing, too, is that I think this is a movie that either wants you to love it or hate it. Right, I, like just because Roger Ebert gave this a one star, he's like this fucking disgusting torture porn or whatever, and mm -hmm. I, I'll commend it for doing that. Right. That being said, I, I think I don't think there's a reason to see it unless there is a chance you'd be into this kind of movie, in which case you might enjoy it. You know, mm -hmm. I don't. I'd give it a two out of five or twenty on the moisture meter. You know, <laughs> moisture it's not, meter. It's not a moisture <laughs> meter. It's a <laughs> moisture <series>. meter. <laughs> It's not distractingly bad or poorly made. It's just kind of boring and stupid for mm -hmm. me. I, I'm getting creeped out just talking about the film. Like awesome. it, it really mm -hmm. struck a chord with me in terms of the horror aspect, or the, not the horror, more the psychological aspect, mm -hmm. um, especially towards the end. I think if you're a fan of psychological horror or body horror or gore or that kind of stuff, um, it's definitely like a must-see, as Adam was saying earlier. I think it's suitably chaotic, um, unpredictable, does sag in the middle like we said but i think by the end it, it does earn the majority of of what it was trying to set up it is mm -hmm. it's all down to if that payoff is and the concept is creepy to you or scary and in my case it was so i found it quite effective in the end and i I'm, i've got chills at the moment because i keep thinking about it awesome mm. i'm glad you uh, had that experience <laughs> uh what about you charlie Oh wait, you didn't give it a did you give it a number, Alex? Oh yeah, um it's difficult. I'd give it a 7 or 8. Awesome. For me, uh I echo a lot of what Alex says cuz I also thought there's that huge hang up in the middle. 
I really enjoyed the guessing game on whether or not Lucy was in the right. Is she insane and stuff like that? Did she get the right people? I There is a lot of hang-ups I had. I personally really didn't like at all how the movie was shot. It made me feel like I was watching someone's video on like an iPhone 4. I don't know. There's just something <laughs> something about the whole way the movie was shot that just did not sit right with me. But overall, I really enjoyed it. The beginning, I wasn't as invested as some of you may have been. I didn't think it was going to be that great in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad I stuck it out and kept giving it that chance. And if I was to put it on the moist meter, I'd put it comfortably at a 75%. Yeah, I pretty much said everything I wanted to say about it. I think that it uh, it does definitely separate itself from the vast majority of horror films, especially horror films that are just like overhyped and, you know, people love in general. I, I feel like this is one where I can actually agree and say like, yes, this is a must a must see much was must watch horror films it's not perfect tons of it doesn't make any fucking sense i do believe that this is a fluke from the director like he had one good concept and he'll never make anything this good again that is what i believe but overall i would give it a uh seven out of ten it used to be an eight but i bumped it down I i think seven is a good good rating for for my scale very much enjoyed it Please check it out if you haven't already, although we kind of spoiled a lot of it, but whatever. One thing that I'd like to mention before we go into uh, into questions territory. The director has made a couple of films since, uh, none of which have oh, yeah. done very well and none of which seem any good at all. They're bad. Oh, yeah. They seem like shit. <laughs> However, yeah. the real juicy part about his newest film is that Taylor Hickson was in it and she's now suing them. Because they got her to bang on uh, like a glass door with her fists and have her face pressed up to it. And she's like, is this safe? And the director and producer were like, yeah, of course it's safe. So she does it. The glass shatters. She scars up her fucking face. You can see pictures of this online of like, no matter how much she's done to try and reconstruct her face, there's always going to be a scar there. And now she's suing because she's an actress and she's not getting roles that she should be because her holy face is fucked shit. up now. Isn't that fucked up? Like, holy shit. That's terrible. That's terrible. Yeah, she has, she has wow. disfiguring injuries. I would say just look look it up. Taylor Hickson's scar. You know, look look at one of the pictures and just have it like full screen or whatever because it's difficult to tell from the thumbnail. But when you see it, it's just like, holy shit. Like, even with makeup on, you can see the, the crease in her face. And that's very unfortunate because mm-hmm. especially as an actor. Yeah. Because that's that's most of it. Is yeah. your face. A lot of a lot <laughs> of I acting thought. is like synonymous with being a model. Like you're basically yeah. modeling and performing, and that's it. And yeah. holy shit, people like, that like sucks. watching pretty people. Even oh, of in course, a, in a movie or whatever. People like casting wrong pretty with people. That. Yeah, it's just you got pretty people on the poster. Yeah, that fucking and they can sucks. Act. Yeah, the uh, director of Martyrs not doing too well after Martyrs. No. <laughs> Now we are in uh, question time, and uh, if you want to ask us questions, uh, we have a subreddit, and uh, you can ask us questions there. There will be an official thread for the uh, next episode. Uh, what are some What are some questions that you guys got that we should answer? Uh, you can start, Alex. Okay, so if you want to leave questions, head over to the Sardonicast Reddit, and there's a big thread at the top that Ralph normally puts there. Mm-hmm. We're going to start with... Uh, Oh, this is from the Lego YouTuber. Just too good, I think. That's his, that's his name on Reddit, anyway. Oh, hey, yeah. What are some What are some movies people wouldn't expect you guys to like, but you guys really like? Oh, hell yeah. 
I've already got an answer. Okay. Oh, should you, I, should I say it while everybody else thinks about it? Okay. Oh, yes, yeah. please, because I got to think. Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Hell yeah. You know? Okay. okay. So it, it was directed by Neville Dean and Taylor, who did the Crank films. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they also did Gamer, which is a movie that I would best describe as a fun movie to play when you have a room full of people that you know will be talking over the movie anyway. Okay. Ghost Rider 2, although not as good as Gamer or Crank 1 and 2, which I love in their own ways, it does embody a lot of what I like about their style. And especially comparing it to the first Ghost Rider film, it is a huge improvement on the original. Um, the original Ghost Rider film, which apparently some people think is better than the sequel, Apparently a lot of people, and according to IMDb ratings even. Um, the original Ghost Rider <laughs> film, the animation, when he turns into the to the Ghost Rider, like, it wasn't even mo-capped. It's like he, he says these <laughs> lines like, all out of mercy, and his head's turning like a fucking toy. Like like a kid mm -hmm. pivoting Woody's, Woody, uh, does he have a last name? I was going to say Woody Woodpecker, but I know that's sure <laughs> not what I'm talking about. Like, anyway, a kid pivoting like a toy head. And, like, all the movements fucking suck. It's just so, like, it tries so hard to be, like, a, a superhero film. Like, this was before, like, the big Marvel Studios movies. And it's it's just lost in this, like, boring schlock. But then Ghost Rider 2 comes out. And although there are plenty of scenes that are just, like, boring and uneventful and the characters suck, there is so much about it that the directors just put in as a joke. They were like, yes, we're working with Nick Cage now. Now we get to see Nick Cage act fucking crazy the whole time. Like his his scene where he's uh, on the motorcycle and he's just making crazy faces at the camera and yelling. And like he, he pisses fire like a flamethrower. And there's just all this crazy funny shit that yeah. they threw in. The action is so much better done than the first film. They not only did mocap for the, the skeleton, they mocapped Nick Cage. So Nick Cage's performance is actually showing in the Ghost Rider. He looks so much so much better, so much more intimidating. Everything about the movie is just so much better than the first. Although I can admit that it is kind of a shit movie at the same time. The stunts that they do in, in Ghost Rider 2 are often overlooked. When the uh, opening scene happens, and there's uh, I think it was Idris Elba's character. Yeah, he um, he's on a motorcycle, and he crashes and he flies off over a cliff and he's shooting a gun as he's flying it looks like a shitty green screened cg effect but people don't realize that they actually did that and the director was fucking hanging from from a piece of rope as they like flew over the cliff and he's literally mm. holding the camera like that's how they filmed all of their movies the crank one and two they literally rode on on roller skates holding the camera right behind the wheel of the motorcycle they broke like 40 cameras making that movie and they continued a mm -hmm. lot of that same style in ghost rider 2 and it's just one of those things where it's like i wish that the final product didn't look indistinguishable from what could be like a green screen shitty effect because all the effort they went through kind of is for nothing at that point if nobody even knows that they did it you know anyway that's my one I guess so went on that. a little rant yeah, about I wanna, it. I want to yeah. watch this again because it's yeah. terrible. I've never seen it, and so. it's amazing at the same time. Well, it's bad, but it has personality, which is more than the first one, right? Mm. So, 
Yeah, the first one is just a useless movie that could disappear off the face of the planet. This one has yeah. a few things going for it. Like, it doesn't mm -hmm. take itself super seriously. Oh, man, and the villain at uh, during, like, the oh, ending sequence. <laughs> him, like, yeah. touching people and they die. And, like, the way that it was shot when, when they go into this, like, weird other realm trip out mode where everything goes pitch black and only the characters in the scene that he's trying to communicate with are lit. And he just like, oh, yeah. fuck. There's some parts of that movie that are shot really, really cool. And there's a lot that yeah. I appreciate about it, something. although a lot of it is also shit. It's like mm -hmm. if Neville Dean and Taylor had complete creative control over the movie, it probably would have been just as good as Crank or Gamer. But this was definitely, you, you could definitely so? see that there was like studio conflict between what Neville Dean and Taylor wanted to make versus what the studio wanted it to be as a sequel to Ghost Rider. Do you think it's better than Mom and Dad, which is their newest? Yeah, for sure. Or just and one only of one of them that. directed yeah. Mom and Dad, by the way. They don't work together oh, anymore why. for some reason. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're doing their own shit, and it's all bad. <laughs> yeah, I haven't enjoyed anything since they were actually directing together. Yeah. Okay. Charlie, as a uh, as a huge Brendan Fraser fan, are you a, a, are you big on uh, Furry Vengeance? <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh, That's God. a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> Surprisingly, I have not seen it. What? Is that your answer, Alex? <laughs> no, I just, I just, from, I was thinking of Brendan Fraser because you, oh. you mentioned him earlier, and I, uh, my answer would be just because I saw it like a couple days ago. Uh, <laughs> whew, uh, the, uh, the the second Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, the like, <laughs> the second oh. Michael Bay one. <laughs> I don't l l listen. Hear me out first before okay. judging me. All right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. I think it is so bad, like, it goes into the negatives and then becomes, like, positive. <laughs> it's <is> really <laughs> appalling. It is so funny. I was, like, crying through the whole thing from beginning to end because it's, All like, right. the laziest, most bizarre piece of shit film I'll check ever. It out. But um, I thought it was so funny from beginning to end. So I thought it was actually a really difficult question because it's, like... Yeah, because that's a so bad, it's a good point. movie. Yeah, that's yeah. a so bad, it's good movie. So yeah. you're not even saying, like... But I, it's I good. Like, You're saying you like it. <laughs> yeah, I'd like so. to not like it. I mean, that's one sure. that is, if you yeah. like just pointing at Hollywood and laughing at how bad it can be, that is a great example for it. I couldn't think of anything mm -hmm. else. Like, um, the the only, like, I asked one of my friends, like, what's something you're surprised that I like? And the only thing they could think of was Annihilation. But I was like, well, that's... Not that surprising. I I really like that genre of movies. What movie so. do people give you the most shit for defending, other than the Last Jedi? Uh, nothing. <laughs> yeah, it is okay. just the Last Jedi. <laughs> just the Last Jedi. <laughs> Good. Uh, Charlie, right, you got an answer? I'm trying. I, I can't think of any movie that people would be surprised to hear I like. Yeah. But yeah. there is a movie that I've seen so many times that I guess it can kind of fit here, and it's mm -hmm. mainly because of my dad. It's Malibu's Most Wanted with Jamie wow. Kennedy. Have you guys never even heard of yeah. it? I was looking at that on IMDb the other day. Yeah, it's this, it's a horrible fucking movie. It's the most early 2000s comedy as you could ever get. But growing up, my dad loved that shit so much. Jamie Kennedy plays some really wealthy, uh, a wealthy man's son named B-Rad, I think it was. <laughs> and my dad thought it was just the the pinnacle of comedy how every time Jamie Kennedy talked he'd say I'm B-Rad so he'd always make me watch that fucking movie with him so that that's Great. one that really sticks out to me mm -hmm. 
Nice. I don't like it though, <laughs> so it doesn't it doesn't even come close. Should I add it to my watch list? <laughs> it's I can promise you right now it's not even like a so bad it's good. Just okay. remembering just really it, it's boring. just really fucking bad, yeah. yeah. But my yeah. dad just loves B Rad and he still says B Rad <laughs> to this day. <laughs> so so like you reminded me I watched movies with my dad. So there are some movies I hold like dear in my heart, even though they're fucking horrible. And the the scary movies those are ones. The mm. scary movie one, two, three, and four. They're really okay. fucking bad. But mm. watching them with my dad when I was like thirteen, I thought that was the funniest shit. One and two have some substance to it, I would say. Really? I mean, yeah. I guess I could rewatch them. I have no interest in it. But... I'll, I'll let you finish your thought, and then I'll explain why. Oh, I have no thoughts on it. It's it, they're they're bad, but I laughed at the fart jokes. So, <laughs> I remember there was a joke. Who's the old guy in it? He's in the airplane movies. Liam. Liam Neeson. No, wait. Liam Neeson. No. What the fuck's uh, his name? They're the oh old Nielsen. guy in it. Leslie, Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. Oh, you started with yes, Liam, Leslie Liam Nielsen. And you threw me off. There's this my dad and I laughed at this joke where I guess there are aliens who take away everyone's clothing and Leslie Nielsen walks by the camera and just farts and we just laugh for ten minutes. So I guess that's my movie no one would expect. Yeah, that was in like the third yeah. or fourth one though. I think it was the fourth one. I, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I've never even seen the fifth one. They all kind of blend together. I actually, I haven't seen them in a while, but from what I remember, I think that the first one actually has some value to it because it was made back before they were literally just picking any popular movie in theaters to parody. It wasn't just like, oh yeah, uh, Signs was a popular movie and then you know Friedberg and Seltzer literally just spammed everything to death and made epic movie date movie blah 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 before any of that the first scary movie actually had some heart to it and yeah it was like inspired as somebody who spent my entire year as a 13 year old watching shitty slasher movies like like uh, Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer and like all of those Watching Scary Movie, I was able to get like every single reference and I loved that it was taking a stab at this incredibly formulated genre that was very popular at the time. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was a clever, funny movie that was playing on tropes and it was also something that was in line with the airplane naked gun style of humor and there wasn't really anything coming out in that time frame that was doing that. I mean, it's not to say it's original, but it, it fills a niche that I wish there was more of in, you know, more of as long as they're good. Like, I love Black Dynamite. I love Airplane. Yeah. I love but The Naked Gun. But... Those two have kind of contaminated the genre. So when people say spoof or spoof movie, it's like, ugh. Yeah. Which is a shame. You reminded me, though, Friday the 13th movies, too. I love all of them for their own reasons. Huh. And I guess those are bad even part eight jason takes a boat oh well okay not all of them are good uh eight even part nine, nine? 10, 11, 12, and 13 aren't good actually freddy versus jason is good in its own which way, one yeah, is but... where jason goes to space x that's oh that's the jason x that one yeah. is fucking okay. terrible that one is so it's boring. hilarious you think it would be cool but it's really just bad and boring what? i love how it screws up the timeline mm-hmm because, like, then Freddy versus Jason doesn't make any sense. 
No, the first one, Jason's not in it, and then by the f- fourth one, Jason dies, but then the fifth one, it's some other dude. Then the sixth one, Jason comes back to life. Did you watch part nine? Ha- I've seen all of them. Okay, great. No, yeah, I love- Jason I goes love to hell as shit. How they, how they killed off Jason, and then just other uh-huh. people were committing these crimes that had nothing to do with anything, but they called it Friday the 13th anyway. And then in part six- No, 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 that's because- that's because Jason became a parasite and was sucked into people's brains. Oh, and then at the end of the movie, they the resurrect Jason and they drag him to hell. I was talking about the ones where literally, like I think it was like part three or four. Oh, it's or only five, that's only one where it was literally. It was five. Yeah, part five where it was literally just some random guy and it had nothing to do with anything. Like it wasn't a parasite. <laughs> yeah. And then, but literally, opening scene of part six is like zoom in on a grave and it gets struck by lightning and he's just percent and he comes back and he has a fucking spear in his hand he's like let's go and then the whole audience cheered fucking god wanted him alive again like what (laughs) what's happening (laughs) then the seventh one has like a telekinetic chick with fucking powers who just starts throwing shit at jason Uh, it's so good i want to watch those the little kid too yeah yeah i do too actually so we did find a good answer thank you oh there we go for answering okay perfect perfect Nice. Next question. This is from GigaZwooZ. Uh, which video would you consider your masterpiece slash magnum opus? Like, there are videos I've made that are technically better done, like the newer ones, but that Mystery Diners video I made mm-hmm. three mm-hmm. years ago, I think people still consider that the best one, and I might too. It started a meme. That that video was full of memes. So, <laughs> most proud of that one. I leave my cool cat as my... Uh... Yeah. Default video yeah. for the people who are not subscribed yet because I think it's a good way to introduce my channel. It did mm-hmm. also start a meme. Nobody else had fucking even heard of that movie, <laughs> let alone reviewed it. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's a part of the lore, which eventually turned into drama with uh, Alex and Daddy mm-hmm. Derek. And uh, it's a part of film history. It belongs in it uh, a museum. You, you know? started an era. Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think the right. review is pretty funny too. There was a lot of juicy shit. Other than that, after Earth video, just because there was so much exploitable interview footage with M Night and Will Smith and Jaden Smith, like there was so much to work with that that video just turned out great. My Frozen review was pretty Breen great. One? Neil Breen was pretty great, although I mean that's more to do with like the subject, and I didn't I didn't like discover him even though he wasn't that popular before I did it. Like I don't feel as mm-hmm. attached to the Neil Breen one as I do Cool Cat. Before we go off Neil Breen, I just want to know, when did you discover Neil Breen? Um, somebody tweeted me... Red Letter Media, right? A trailer. No, that wasn't how I discovered it. Um, before they made... Uh, I know that they were the first to cover it, but before they made that video, somebody tweeted me um, a trailer to Fateful Findings, and I watched it, and I was like, <laughs> wow, there's definitely something here. And so I watchlisted it, and it took me a while to get get around to it. And by the time I did get around to it, Red Letter Media had covered um, Double Down on their search for the worst. But yeah, I was like, holy shit, this guy needs more attention. Like, this is a gold mine. This is amazing. God, yeah. Um, so a little fun story about Neil Breen. In my, f- when was it? It would have been my freshman year of college. So 2012, I watched Double Down. And I became an avid wow. follower of Neil Breen. And I attempted really? to audition for one of his movies. Nice. And- <laughs> Well, by attempting to audition, I messaged him and I, I hyped myself up as like an A-list actor who was chosen by the gods to act in Neil Breen movies or something. Something that I thought 
a lunatic like him would gravitate towards, mm. but he didn't. <laughs> and it was amazing that somehow, like, overnight, I didn't want anyone to find this guy. He was my own personal fun, but... I guess it was Red Letter Media then? I thought it was you that blew Neil Breen up, but I guess not. But Red Letter Media covered it first, but they, I mean, they cover several videos on their search for the, or sorry, best of the worst uh, series mm -hmm. that, like, so many of them are so unspecial that if somebody just watches that clip of, of the Neil Breen film on search for the worst, they might not realize how fucking special this guy is. And they only covered one of his films, and it was just, like, insanely repetitive. But it did, I mean, they helped blow it up and I also had a bit of an impact too, just with fateful Fuck findings, especially. But <laughs> well, what do you mean? Because like he he created one more film after that. He hasn't changed. I know. You know, like he's know, still man, doing he's it. We, we have not affected him. He will never change, and that's why he's so special. It's like you've exploited my child, though. You know what I mean? Like I have a personal <laughs> attachment to Neil Breen. Like I feel like when he his name's in the news, it's like that's my guy. Like that's that's him. He's yeah. part you don't want to you don't want to share him because then it's yeah, not cool he's anymore. Mine. That's what happened with Tommy Wiseau. Like now that he's like a big Hollywood star and everyone knows who oh, he is, yeah. it's like oh that's not fun anymore. This is you gotta Wiseau, find some new Wiseau's shit. Wiseau was a little different though. I mean, it was it was fun to see him on fucking like mainstream talk shows. Yeah, <laughs> like that was fucking. I mean, we great. all love him, but <laughs> yeah, I, I I mean, the magic of the room only lasts for so long. In my opinion, Neil Breen mm. is far better than Tommy Wiseau because he keeps oh, making God. great movies. I don't. It's Tommy different. Wiseau it's, has made one movie that people like. Tommy Wiseau made one movie and spent a ridiculous amount of money on it, <laughs> and like shot it on film and digital. Like no other B movie director can do. There's that. There's a lot of good lore. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, Neil Breen. He's paid for almost all of his shit right out of pocket. He used to yeah. be a Las Vegas realtor. Hell yeah. And uh -huh. he spent, like, his fortune making these movies. He started with Double Down, and then he made I Am Here Now. Thank and you. And it's just amazing. The man is a goddamn genius. He is. <laughs> yeah, you gotta support indie cinema like Neil I Green. love yeah. Neil Green. Just the production value the of the room, though, is, is, is unique. There's a lot of uniqueness to every good, bad director. There's uniqueness sure. to James Wynn, who made Birdemic, you know? There's... Yeah, yeah. But mm -hmm. what I'm saying is Ooh, that sound Neil Breen is special because he continues making amazing films and he has not been tampered with by um, yeah, becoming yet. quote unquote self aware. He's not like all of a sudden making comedies like mm -hmm. James Wynn and Tommy Wiseau eventually tried to do. And it's like, okay, well, now you're making comedies. You're failing at making a comedy. So now it's not even funny. It's just sad. Keep continuing yeah. to make serious films. And especially with Neil Breen, they're so complicated and metaphorical that he can look at somebody who doesn't like it and be like, well, you just don't get it. And then continue making mind fuck. <laughs> right? Yeah, because we don't get it. I, I don't think want it him to change. I want him to continue making all these fantastic films. And that's that's my biggest that's right. fear. One day he's going to wake up and all of a sudden it's going to hit him like a fucking truck and he's going to start making Minecraft music videos and then my golden goose is gone. <laughs> God damn my it. boy is gone. Well, we had a good yeah. run anyway. Four movies. All it's fantastic. True, so good. Love you, That's Neil better Bain. than any other so bad that it's good director. Unless you want to count, like, I don't know, Ed Wood or something. Yeah, new one's coming up, too, right? He finished yeah. it. Twisted. Yep. Hell yeah. Twisted, in, uh, that's it. Look forward on a torrent site near you. And we're also going to get a documentary on the filmmaking process. Supposedly. Oh my god, I can't wait. He's gonna talk like he's a genius or something. Yeah, there's he some other genius. people well, that he literally asked to make a documentary about him and followed him around during the 
production of Twisted. And so apparently that's going to be released as well. And I'm super excited wait. for that. Um, I'll just be quick. Just probably my not Disney collection video. I like that one. Oh, very good. That's an epic one. Uh, I guess for me, I, I don't look at any video I make as better than any of the other ones. I look at it in terms of which one did I have the most fun making. And mm -hmm. the answer to that would be the 98 Koshin one I made a while back. Uh, okay. What the fuck it's is that? It's a, you don't know? It, it's a Japanese baseball game, but you could program your own pitches into the pitchers. Oh. And I had a lot of fun making a bunch of different pitches. Yeah, you got to keep up. I'll check it out. Lore, dude. Next question. <laughs> Alex. <laughs> yeah. Alex, you got this one? Yeah, we'll do yeah, like one. one or two more. Okay. Um, seeing as uh, we have a uh, critical here. Um, wow. Stoyed56 or whatever says. What is the video game with the best writing slash best story? Ooh, I've I've got a I got a little hot take on that one. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you boys have played it. It's on the Shoot. Xbox 360, the original Nier. Hmm. Never played, it. played it, but I'm aware of it. I really enjoyed that game because at the time when that game came out, it was in the sea of first person shooters. It was in the sea of just schlock, just boring formulaic shit. And Nier is a game based around really clunky ass gameplay. It's not good gameplay. But it has this story in this setting where it's all so mysterious. There's this plague wiping people out. And what really sets it apart to me is it has this incredible twist right at the end of the game that there's no way you could have ever predicted. And once you do find that out and you beat the game, it changes the entire game. So if you do another playthrough, it starts you from the middle of the game and the game is entirely different. Mm -hmm. If you play it again, you beat it from that one, you get an entirely different playthrough as well. And then if you beat it the fourth time, you get an ultimately different one that wraps itself up and then deletes itself off your 360. Wow, very I, interesting. I really oh. loved it. Really loved yeah, it. That is cool. And I haven't even played Nier Automata, which I hear is a lot better. I still need to get around to that. But original Nier, great fucking game. Okay. Nice. I'm going to have to add this to the list. Mine is David Cage games. The writing is fucking great in those. Ha 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 ha! Portal two, yeah, ha ha. Portal two, it's the obvious of course, answer. Portal but two, like, yeah. It's just what that game is so. Yeah, Portal two, best Sorry. writing. <laughs> <laughs> like trying to it's, imagine, um, it didn't. There wasn't much going on with writing in Portal two, was there? I haven't played it in mean a while. The well, the dialogue's amazing. In yeah, the, the dialogue is so good that yeah. like that's the only reward for completing JK the puzzles Simmons, is yeah. listening to more dialogue and having more story. J.K. Simmons, the whoever played GLaDOS, and what's the name of the guy who played um, Wheatley? Stephen Merchant. Stephen Merchant. Like, fantastic cast. Fucking hilarious. Great dialogue, great acting, and just like a really interesting setting with yeah. a lot of mm -hmm. mystery behind it. And you actually want to delve deep and explore Good what happened to this facility. So yeah, Portal 2. I, uh, I don't know. I didn't... Uh, when I think writing and my, my answer is gonna be incredibly different from yours because i i think we're valuing two different aspects of writing because yeah portal 2 i again i haven't played it in a while but like um yeah the dialogue was very well written it had great jokes but in terms of like building a universe i don't think that there was that much there i mean like there were things that were kind of oh, I... alluded to and implied I think there's a lot there. I think there's also an extension of Half-Life 2, which is kind of cheating, but or the Half-Life yeah. games, but yeah. My um my answer would be Mass Effect 2. Oh. Another good choice, that's yeah. A good choice. 
What I really value about Mass Effect, and yeah, I mean, like, not all of the dialogue is great, and there's some cheesy animation here and there. Like, it's it's not a perfect game by far, but I love the universe that it creates. It's like, I spent so much of my life wondering why Star Wars fans even exist, and when I started playing Mass Effect and I started really getting into it, it's kind of when I started realizing what people value out of it. Because I didn't just necessarily fall in love with a particular story or a particular character. I fell in love with the universe that they created. You know, like I, I fell in love yeah. with the overall universe. And so I can see why there are mm-hmm. so many Star Wars spinoffs and Star Wars parodies and, and blah, 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 blah. I'm not really interested in that universe, but I love the universe of Mass Effect. And yeah, it has its flaws. There are things that don't make that much sense. But at the end of the day, it tells uh, what I would consider to be a great story. Tons of uh, different options for where you can, um, what kind of lore you can explore. You know, like you, you can always get tons of information out of anything that you're interested in in the universe. I got to fuck Garrus. So that was really cool. <laughs> yeah. Awesome story. Great game. Good. I guess for my one, I'll choose. Um, I don't know if this will be controversial at all. Um, I'm gonna pick Halo Two. Um, I know the story <laughs> has that awful cliffhanger, but I really like the the dialogue in Halo Two. I think it perfectly embraces the the campy, goofy '80s vibe. Loads of quotable one-liners, and it's just great from beginning to end. Do you think that they were trying to do campy '80s vibe? Do do look at Johnson. That is so campy. Yeah, that's one lines. character, and he was comic relief and, in the and, first and game, And Master too. Chief, he's such a goofy character. No, yeah. I don't think it was homage, though. Dude, everything in Halo is like based off aliens and so... the action movies from the 80s. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So why Halo okay. 2 and not Halo 1, then? Um, I, I don't really remember any of the dialogue, really, from Halo 1. I remember all the quotable lines from Halo from Halo 2. I think. May I ask you what you're doing on this ship, sir? Finishing this fight <laughs> because we have to end the game early because Microsoft made Bungie release it before they were finished. So there's yeah, a few yeah, levels missing. The, the cliffhanger ending. <laughs> um, I like the rest of it. Okay. Yeah, I have a lot of issues with Halo Two. I uh, recently did a big rant on Halo Two in my uh, Patreon stream, but we'll really? talk about this another day. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hater. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I'm the guy. Uh, Want to do right. one more and then we'll uh, wrap it up? Yeah, yeah. one more. All right. Cool. Let's do it. This one's from Raging Bull 1999. I thought this was kind of fitting. What's the most disturbing film you've ever seen? Or one of the most. Mm. One that stands ah, out shit. to you. Aside from Martyrs. <laughs> yeah. Name another one. What is the what, most was that disturbing your... film I've ever seen? Yeah. No, no, I, I'm trying to think of what is. Like, I don't know if I would. I mean, Martyrs is up there for disturbing. Well, you can just name like an, another sure. notable one for you. I'll have to think about I've it. Got a Does couple, anybody I else guess. have an answer? Um, I found, I mentioned it earlier. I found the end of Annihilation to be really disturbing. Um, I know some people don't like it. You know, when that, well, actually, it's a spoiler, I won't say, but towards the end of the film, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a sequence that's like just quite unlike anything I'd ever seen and that really mm-hmm. kind of freaked me out to my core 
I get I actually get like my heart speeds up like majorly when I watch that scene. Something about it just really gets to me. And another one is um Green Room, I find quite disturbing. Hmm. Super intense hmm. movie. Um Yeah. Not 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 a typical kind of horror psychological or anything. It's just violent, fucking violent and horrible. Yeah. It's a very interesting kind of disturbing because it's just super realistic. Like this is probably yeah. how these things would play out, and that makes it disturbing. And that that's what invests you so much in it. Hmm. Anyone else? Well, I'm looking. Uh, I had to pull up my uh, looking at a list. My list of well, because like it de really depends what kind of disturbing. Because like the pianist is disturbing in ways. Like that's an incredibly disturbing oh, yeah. movie, right? Um, just, yeah, just whatever disturbed yeah. you. Yeah, yeah something notable. like that, or like Maybe something people haven't seen. Antichrist, or like. Uh, Dancer in the Dark is disturbing in its own way. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, No Country for Old Men is disturbing in many ways. No, I don't know about that. Yeah, well, like, let me. It's scary. I, I have one. Let's see if you can, if there's something similar on your list, maybe. Uh, mine is Eraserhead mm -hmm. as the most disturbing thing I've ever seen. Because that mm -hmm. movie, I don't, uh, I don't want to spoil it. It's <laughs> the themes it. of fatherhood, premature fatherhood before you know, having, being prepared for it at all. And just that in a movie by David Lynch. So it's all metaphorical and it's all just like disturbing shit in his head plopped out on screen for you to see. That, and the sound design in that movie too is really just something else, unlike anything else in any other movie. Yeah. Have you guys seen uh, Dogtooth? Yes. It's pretty disturbing. Love it. Oh, I haven't. Oh, I did, yeah. That's a that's a good one. That's a good disturbing one. Yeah, killing of a sacred deer too. Yeah, yeah, true. That's more recent. I wouldn't call those like among the most disturbing though, for me personally. I would say no. like existentially, you know, like Synecdoche, New York, is disturbing to me. Like mm -hmm. the Holy Mountain mm -hmm. is in some ways disturbing to me. I want to ask you which uh, Haneke, Michelle Haneke films you guys have seen, if any, right now. Because there's one that I might give as an answer here, kind of, but I don't really want to if I know you guys haven't seen it. Because I would rather Tasha? just recommend it. No, maybe is it? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen. I think I haven't seen his anything before the Piano Teacher. That's him, right? Piano Teacher. Yeah. Anything You've seen before everything that? After. I haven't seen. I've seen everything after. And you have seen the Piano Teacher? No. Okay, so including I the, the Piano, piano teacher. teacher or anything. So before, you saw Cash, including the Piano Teacher. I saw Cache, and yeah. Okay. What He's about you? the name of it a, like a spoiler? But I'm not very familiar, so... <laughs> it's giving the name a spoiler. Well, yeah, like if you, it might be like a thing where it... I don't know. Oh, no. Just tell me which ones you've seen. I don't know. He's, I was just being fucking cryptic for no reason. I'm, well, <laughs> yeah, just, I'm trying to, just say I'm trying to figure it... Well, yeah. Cache. But I would like to... It was I would, Cache? I, I would like to recommend it someday if you haven't seen it without saying oh, like, right. oh, yeah, it's one I of the most disturbing it, yeah. movies, you know? Because oh, okay. like it has more to yeah, offer yeah, yeah. than, than that, that, although it is like very disturbing to me. On yeah, a psychological is, level answer. or visual? Both. They're, like there's tons about Both. it. Like psychologically, mostly, it is very um, unconventional in how it's presented, but with lots of purpose. There is a constant, a constant feeling of of like observation or like being watched throughout the entire film. But I won't really say much more than that, other than it's one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah, same here. And it's that kind of scary or disturbing that I like, where it just mm -hmm. plays out. Yeah, very subtle. And you got to notice what's going on. 
you're the one you're like there's a lot of wide shots where you gotta like you gotta go oh shit what's going on there mm-hmm. amazing film mm-hmm. charlie? charlie got an answer i'm trying to think because when i think of disturbing i think of something that like actually rattles you and I've mm-hmm. never really seen a movie that where after the credits roll, I'm like shaking. I'm like, wow, that movie really is going to haunt my boners for a week now. <laughs> the only movie that I've had an experience like that is a movie that is not disturbing at all. It's a comically bad movie. It's called One Missed Call. It's an old horror movie. It's oh, a- yes. Hmm. Yeah, it, not the Japanese one, the American remake. Yeah, the American one. It came out at a time when I was younger. I was probably like 11, maybe or maybe a 12 or something like that. And I'd, I'd never really watched any horror movies, but my friends all wanted to see it. And I saw it and I couldn't even look at the screen for half of the movie. Like anytime there was like a phone call going on, my heart would race. I'd start sweating and it was just miserable. It was genuinely miserable sitting there watching that movie. And I had a razor at the time like all kids did. And I made sure to choose the happiest possible fucking ringtone I could instead of like the creepy uh, sounding like standard one. <laughs> all because of that movie. Man, that's funny. Okay, but that is interesting. You should revisit it. I've been wanting to, but I can't. I can't actually find it. Like I, I was looking for torrents really? of one missed call. At, well, I would never break the law, but <laughs> trying to see if they existed so you could report them. Yeah, yeah. you went Just to Blockbuster. Obviously, Blockbuster, yeah. See if you could find a copy. And I, I couldn't really find anything. I, I didn't see like anything like DVD quality or Blu-ray. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's lost to time. Maybe it never even existed. Yeah. Now that I uh, now that I think about it, I would like to add to my answer. Um, uh, audition. That was one of the most disturbing movies I've seen. And then to go along oh, yeah. with kind of like Japanese horror, even though this is the American version, uh, The Ring, Gore Verbinski. I found that to be very disturbing. Oh yeah. That was. Good. I can't even tell like how much of an effect it has on people today because it's such a um, well-known horror movie that it might just be like, you know, a joke to a lot of people. But re-watching it, which I did before I watched the uh, 2017 Rings movie, uh, oh, re-watching no. the first or the Gore Verbinski, The Ring, like there's a lot to appreciate about it. And I can tell why it fucking terrified me as a child. There's a lot that is disturbing about it. And I I, I love it, even though it is flawed. There's There's a lot to appreciate about it yeah quick little story i want to mention just because we're kind of on topic with the uh one missed call when i was younger the film uh the grudge was a uh popular japanese horror remake 2004 sarah michelle geller and um i don't know if any of you have seen it but like the uh the entity the like crazy dead people that kill you and the the black hair they make this sound that goes Mm. like uh and so Mm. yeah me in, in junior high and all my young friends would, you know, imitate that noise because we thought it was funny or whatever. I'm like, ah, whatever. Like, the movie genuinely scared me. So one day, I I recorded that noise on my phone, and I set it to either my text notification or my ringtone, and I forgot about it. And I completely, <laughs> I completely fucking forgot that I did that until, like, I don't remember when, but, like, I guess I must have had my phone on silent until that point. But much later, I was like, I was in the bathroom and and it sounded like it was coming from the toilet and it was really, really fucking loud. And I freaked myself out so bad. I was actually terrified. Make, I don't know. Why would you make it your ringtone? You're just pranking yourself. Because I was a dumb kid. 
It was a dumb kid oh, that did the exact, it because it was funny You did the exact random. opposite of what Charlie did. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, made Jesus. the most fucking disturbing oh, shit. Man. You were like the Batman of grudge. You hated it so much you became it. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys seen um, The Dark Crystal? That's quite a good one for oh, disturbing. Yes, that's one of my friend's favorite movies. Yeah, That is pretty disturbing. Mm -hmm. I saw the clips like, of it in movie, the childhood trauma series, but I didn't, yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't yeah. actually watch the movie. I watched Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. That's some yeah. creepy bits, but not as much as the Dark Crystal. Yeah. Dark Crystal's definitely way more creepy for kids. Yeah. Is that it with questions? We did it. I believe so. We did a yeah. good job, everybody. I think that I think awesome. we did a good job. It's a scary up. Good job, everybody. Thank Yay. you for coming on, Charlie. No, you thank you wonderful. for having me. Yes, oh, thank great. you very much for our beloved guest, Mr. Charlie Penguins Critical Boy. Football player four four eight. That's that's what I'm better known by. Yeah. Uh, we have a film recommendation for next time, which is me. So it's going to be an interesting one. It's <gasps> a very cerebral and challenging and intelligent film. Oh. It's loved by critics and audiences alike. It's a foreign film that has broken cultural barriers and changed the planet. It's received a ton of awards. It's known on. as one of the most important pieces of cinema ever Jesus made. Christ. My recommendation is a film Shrek from two. Hong Kong titled Shaolin Soccer, directed hey! by Stephen Chow. This, this movie is fucking incredible. And Charlie, even though you won't be here next time, I recommend you watch it because you're, you guys are in for a treat. If Hell you yeah. have not seen this. Shaolin Soccer <laughs> by Stephen Chow. It is, it sounds it is wonderful. Is <laughs> have you seen a Stephen Chow film, Alex? Um, let me double check. The, um, um, I've seen Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah, Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, okay. that's his most I, popular I one. What it's going to be like then? Oh yeah, yeah. Like Shaolin Soccer, something else. Hell yeah, I've been waiting to <laughs> watch that one again for a while. Nice. You're right, I have seen it, but yeah. it's been a long time. That's a. I'm excited Good. to see it again. Holy shit, I'm fucking hyped, man. Okay. Yeah, let's let's go. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Okay, great. Um, thank you everybody for uh, listening to our podcast. If you want to. Uh, Join in on the discussion for the film next week. Obviously watch the... Or sorry, two weeks from now. Obviously watch the uh, the film that was just recommended. Shaolin Soccer, directed by Stephen Chow. We now have a website. Uh, you can go to our website, sardonicast.com. And uh, if right. you would like to hear these episodes early, uh, you can sign up for... What is it called? Premium? $2 yeah, a month. Yeah, it's just premium. Episodes early whenever they're finished. Early. Whenever I'm done editing right. them. Um, alternatively, mm. if uh, you're more comfortable with Patreon, we now have a Patreon. It does literally the exact same thing. So you can uh, uh -huh. support the channel and get the episodes early. And uh, yeah, we're working on Spotify. I guess we should probably send them another message because they have not approved us. Uh, <laughs> I think I did. So <laughs> oh, you did? We'll okay, we'll wait. We'll wait yeah. on that one. <laughs> we're trying, guys. <laughs> we're little, uh, we're, we're, we're noobs. We're noobs here. Charlie's yeah. got his podcast. How, how long have you been doing your podcast? by the way 82 episodes now wow and you oh do an episode God. a week or yeah. what awesome yeah one a week okay okay actually i don't know if you two are i don't know if you two are aware of this but alex your third host here actually helped start the podcast oh yeah, i've been on every episode i think yeah, yeah. with His a broken mic muted though yeah yeah <laughs> oh so that's where that joke that was one of the first comments we got <laughs> on our podcast was how the hell did you fix alex's mic <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We taught him everything he knows about podcasting. Mm. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, 
That's great. It shows. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. 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 Bye. 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 Bye.